Welcome to podcast number one, Swing With Life, with me, Andy Acosta, my friends Brian Levinos and Eddie Sines. Some people listening may know me as Andy Walker, as that is my stage name, and all my social media can be found under Andy Walker. A lot of artists that I looked up to growing up, I learned had stage names, so when I got, when I knew I wanted to get into the industry, I found it necessary to create a stage name for myself. Now moving forward with this podcast, I wanted to use my real name as this podcast is not superficial. We talk about world events, what's happening in our nation, but also that we're learning, we're trying to understand what's going on in society and what's going on in our nation. I hope that everyone will get at least one thing out of this introductory episode where we have a conversation of many topics it's not really directed anywhere yet we will we will move forward with that as we progress through the through every episode this is just so everybody can get to know who we are uh what we're thinking and how we how we perceive the world at this time so with that being said i hope you enjoy this episode one of swinging with life So what were you saying, Eddie, about uh, this particular friend? Ah, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Are we rolling right now? Is that? Oh yeah, we've been rolling for a couple, oh, couple, couple minutes now. Well, no, I wish I was no started earlier. But <laughs> <laughs> you've already spilled the beans. Nah, she's very much a twenty-year-old, and it and it shines right through her twenty-year-oldness. Well, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say we were all. 20 years old at some point. Yeah, and I remember we were talking about that last night when we were at the bar. Because we were like, oh, I was like, well, we're all 20 at some point. And I was like, oh, it's probably a little shit when I was 20. See, but. So, maybe it's up to you to bring her up to 25 year old speed. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it's up to you. I guess. I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like, you know, like when you're like at different places in your life, you know what I mean? Kind of like know what you want. Yeah. Like, out of your life, and I feel like when you're 20, you don't think about that kind of shit. At least I didn't. Fair. Do you think, given what you have gone through now, that you would find you would find that perfect girl that's, like, in the same spot of life as you? Man. Because what are you looking for as far as that goes? Because you, you, brought, you brought up that, so I'm curious as to, like, how far are you willing to go to find that? Well, I don't know, because there's still a lot of stuff that I want to do with my life that doesn't necessarily involve someone else being there for it. Uh, like, I guess in particular, a like relationship, you know? But I can't imagine that there's a lot of girls that would want to be with a broke, doesn't know if he's going to eat today, musician. So... But you substitute. It's but good. I substitute teach to lack for that income, <laughs> or to support that income. Supp- yeah, support supplemental income. Supplement. That's the word. Supplement that income. One thing that I wanted to bring up because I kind of gave Eddie a breakdown yesterday about the drop shipping. 
if you want to go into that into depth. So you can get his because I was telling you about the e-commerce thing that he was doing last night, and I want to get into that. So he can he's, he he was explaining it to me earlier, and I feel like he can explain it better. And if we, if you have any questions, ask him. He answer he'd be able to answer them better. Explain. Yeah. So. So um, I've been looking lately into like. It first started off with like private labeling, which is basically taking a product straight from the manufacturer that they've already got like a whole production line for. Um, they they already have like all the processes down and mass producing these products. So all you do as a private label like business owner is that you create a brand for that product and you buy these products at wholesale prices straight from the manufacturer and your brand <coughs> excuse me, is what adds value to these products. So then you go ahead and resell these products with your brand, your stamp, your, your label on it, and you make a profit. Hmm. So that's how it started. And then the whole drop shipping thing is basically to streamline the operations. So when I first was looking into private labeling, it required the owner to buy all of like this, the bulk of the items and then you store them in your own warehouse you have to keep up your own inventory and then you ship them to your customers so then what drop shipping does is basically um, it, it connects your store your online store with the manufacturer so as soon as a customer comes to your store and buys the product um, there's some like a type of automation that will buy the product from the manufacturer ship it to your cu customer and you keep the profit like you're charged for the products like um, wholesale price and then the customer pays you your uh, selling price and and you keep you keep that profit you never have to touch the product you never have to deal with the shipping um, a lot of what the operations that you're like skipping on will have to be diverted to your presence in like your, your online presence and the customer service basically Interesting. so yeah I've been looking a lot into that and I've um, been doing a lot of research and different ways how people do it um, a while ago right before Andy picked me up actually I uh, I did like a very basic drop shipping it's, it's a little manual it's not as automated as what I explained it but basically I found the same two products on eBay and on Amazon but the one on eBay was almost half as cheap as the one on Amazon. So what I did is I created a listing for that product on Amazon, and I don't have the product. So if that product sells on Amazon, I'm gonna turn around and buy it on eBay, and I'm gonna bill, I'll put my billing information, but I'll have the shipping information for my customer on Amazon, and I'm just gonna put that into the shipping um, information. So my seller on eBay will actually ship that to my customer on Amazon, and they're gonna charge me for that like sixteen dollars, and I'm gonna charge Amazon buyer thirty dollars, so I get to keep the profits fourteen bucks profit, well, and I don't have to do damn. anything. Okay, so, okay. So yeah, I got doing all this research. I got a little anxious, and I was like, I want to do something. So that's that was my first basic like um, <clears throat> drop shipping um, <laughs> experience. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have a couple listings on Amazon and. Um, I recently sold one like little figurine for like 30 bucks shipped it and uh, that was super easy and that kind of got me like on a little like kick like dang like I could 
I you got a little, a little dopamine rush. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so yeah, and we'll see how this this little this drop shipping listing goes because I don't have the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have it. I've never seen it. I've never touched it. But um, <clears throat> we'll see how it goes, and then just move on from there. How bad do you think <clears throat> any rebuttal will be if the quality isn't what like maybe promote? Because like, there's a product that you bought that we're not talk about. We're gonna label it, but there's a product you bought and you paid X amount, and when you got it, it's like, man, like it's not that good. It's not as good as I wished it was, or it's not as good as they promoted it online. And if you're gonna be the marketing, basically the third-party marketing for this company, you know, it it's gonna fall on you because they're gonna buy it from you. So, so, um, I guess. I'll ask, like, are you referring to my watered-down dropshipping or if I were to go full-fledged with creating the brand? Well, you already, you've already started your, your watered-down, so it's going to transition from the watered-down to a full-fledged... Um, so, so with the watered-down, I, I did think about it, and I did say, since I'm not, I don't have the product, I haven't seen it, what happens if my customer isn't um, satisfied? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I, I would eat up the cost basically that's my risk so I'll do a full refund and I'll I'll ask them to return the product to me and if I think I can resell that product then I'll do it, do it. yeah if there's nothing wrong if you know I'll just resell it um, now if this was like a full-fledged company my, my full brand um, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of processes that, that take place to kind of ensure that the customer is satisfied. So you're gonna have to go through a process of, of getting samples of the product, quality control, you know, making sure that everything is up to your expectations and and then keep up with the manufacturers to make sure that they're keeping up with those those uh, parameters. <clears throat> and that's why I said like if you're if you're avoiding or you're not involved in all of the the manufacturing operations and the shipping logistics and all that your focus is going to be on your presence and your customer service. So that's where you have to be available to the customers, to their complaints, to their suggestions, to their claims, like even more. And you'll have the time because you're not so focused on the logistics side of it. So <clears throat> one question I want to bring up because Eddie brought this up yesterday as I, um, as I first mentioned it to him, if what would keep you, what would keep you, what would keep the customer from buying directly from the manufacturer? Well, really there's, nothing that keeps anybody from buying straight from the manufacturer like <laughs> today's day and age like it's 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 almost a flat playing field anybody has access to these manufacturers and suppliers so the only thing that keeps the customer from buying directly from the manufacturer is the customer themselves because they can they can go online and and research and, and find these suppliers and manufacturers but really what e-commerce or at least like kind of this little niche of e-commerce sellers who they market to are basically impulse buyers who are not going to do their research. They're going to see a product they like, they're going to be okay with the price, and they're just going to buy it. And mm -hmm. it's going to be shipped directly to them. They don't have to deal with the manufacturers or suppliers. They don't have to <clears throat> wait for the shipping from, let's say, your suppliers in somewhere in Asia. They don't have to deal with all that. You've already taken care of all that for them. And if they're okay with the, custom, the, the product and the price, then... They're gonna go ahead and do it, and really, it's on them if they want to do the research and and buy it at a wholesale price. Well, damn, it sounds pretty like bulletproof. Then, okay, okay, 
<laughs> to an extent, I guess when <laughs> when you when you take care of of the weak spots, yeah. And one thing that Brian brought up that I wanted to bring up with Eddie was like the fact that when we shop, we do look for quality. We do want to make sure we get what we want, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that comes with um, that's the word I was going to use. That comes with one do the research as opposed to the majority of the public right now would rather just buy it if they see it and they they're, they're going to just buy it without saying okay can I find this book cheaper somewhere else and while a lot of things have kind of main I think a lot of things have mainstream to like solid pricing for the most part unless you do in depth research but if you look for you know four different sellers from the same website you're going to find the same price it's a competition. Whereas you know the eBay to Amazon thing, you're gonna find discrepancies in that. And if you if you're willing to do that, then you'd find. I guess it makes sense because I was just thinking now, like what I would do in this kind of situation that I guess would fit me. So for instance, if I'm at Barnes and Noble and and I'm looking for vinyl because I'm audiophile, I guess now, which I never thought I'd be, but anyway. So I'm into the vinyl thing. So if I want to go to Barnes & Noble, find a Guy Clark record, because I know I'm not going to find it at the local record shop that only has, like, 70s, 80s classic rock and nothing new or nothing from Guy Clark. And, uh, and you know, even though it's like a $20 or $25 vinyl, no one else has it, I'm going to go ahead and get it there. Or let's say that another record shop does have it, and maybe has it cheaper, maybe has it in better condition or whatever, but I'm a super Guy Clark obsessed dude, so as soon as I find the vinyl, don't care how much it is, where I'm getting it from, I'm going to get the vinyl. So I guess in, in, in a way like that, does it make sense? Yeah, it does. It's, it's what, you're, what you're comfortable paying for that product, and it's, it's, it's your perceived value. Well, I pay anything for a Guy Clark vinyl. Exactly, so when you see it, when you find it, then you're going to buy it. Um, and that's that's kind of what the the market that I would try to target. You know, people who are gonna see the product that I'm offering, and they're gonna see the price, and either they're not gonna care, they're gonna be comfortable enough to buy it. They're not gonna go and you know look elsewhere for anything cheaper. Maybe their perceived value of my product is is already low enough. Like, not the perceived their perceived value is up here, and then my selling point is a little lower than their perceived value, and they're gonna think they're you know they're winning. They're gonna like they're getting like the best oh deal. God, yeah, I found the best. I just found. It. I just got the right. best deal, because they know what they're willing to pay for. A, yeah. Anything. Speaking of good deals, man, like ten boxes of pastaroni for like a dollar each. <laughs> that was life for three weeks. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was a good time. Uh, I'm so sick of pastaroni. If I ever see pastaroni again, I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> it was good though. I mean, I don't know. I I brought. Cause I had never had pastaroni. I've never had it. Dude. Okay. I never had it until we went to Nashville. We did it for like three weeks. <laughs> we did it for three it, weeks. It now. wasn't even like a week. It was, uh, it was yeah, it was, it was a long three now, weeks. Now, did, did you make it the same way every time? I tried to change it up. I mean, because you can buy it with, there's like pastoroni with uh, like garlic and whatever. And then there's like garlic parmesan or some cool thing like that. And then the fettuccine alfredo. And then there's like a cheesy one, and then there's like uh, like an Italian herbs one or something like that, and then like garlic and olive oil or I don't know. Something like, yeah, 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 something like that. So with that, I made like chicken one day and like and then put like broccoli, like actual, like I say we did broccoli and cheese pastoroni. Well, I'd make actual broccoli to add to like, right, right, you right. know, I'd steam broccoli and whatever. And I'm, I'll never forget when we first went to Kroger's and Eddie's like, Man, you gonna make something or like or, or like what are you doing? Like he, he had no clue what I was doing. That's great. 
I had no clue what you what you had up your sleeve. If you didn't have that up your sleeve, we would have just been eating like pastaroni <laughs> and like bare naked chicken, just like, just like that, with no, no seasoning on it. And I was like, no man, we need some chicken breast, we need some chicken like whatever meat, and we need some beef meat, and and I and I, it freaked him out when I that when I made lemon pepper. Oh, I need, I use actual yeah. lemons and I use actual pepper, pepper instead of like a concoction already pre-made right, right, at the right. store. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Lemon pepper, bro. Lemon pepper." Chef, motherfucker. <laughs> <walking, bro. laughs> so good. Oh, man. That was awesome, man. That was a really fun trip, except for the girl who told me she loved me too when I didn't say I loved her. Oh. Wow. <sighs> That's what it's all about, though, man. You know, living to make bad decisions to have good stories. Uh-huh. You brought that up yesterday, and it's like, oh, man, how far does it need to go? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't disagree, but it's like, man, like, I feel like, okay, I, okay, and I work it, as, as millennials, it's like there's that tug that we have to deal with because we're the millennials, as opposed to the older generation, eh, the younger, the generation after us, eh, but it seems like the millennials at this point in time is like, oh, no, we have to be, like, squared away, and if you're not, then... You know, get a job. Yeah, and it's, it, I, I don't understand, and I want to understand, but yeah. I guess we're just not there yet. I was working three in Nashville just to be able to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you paid for a record. And then paying for a record, yeah. And Brian's been working for a ba- he's been working in the bank system for through me through in like ha- second half of college until yeah, like I mean through now I mean, you're still there. It's probably going on four years since I've been banking. in a bank. Man, something about, like, those shitty jobs that you have to take, though, those are, like, just the most fun sometimes, though. Because, like, so I used to work the, the security job, the venue security, so I used right. to work with this company called Access Security, and uh, they're a third-party security company, so venues around Nashville would um, you know, hopefully hire them out to place workers at their venue to run security. Right. And so this place that I used to go to a lot to do that was uh, the Mercy Lounge, which is just a badass, like, three-part venue. It's like uh, it's got a smaller venue called the High Watt, and then the Mercy Lounge is the middle-sized one, and then the Cannery Ballroom is the uh, the third biggest, or the or the biggest one rather, the third one. So um, there was like always something like really really cool going on. There's always like a lot of work at that venue, and uh, man, just uh, some you see some some fucking characters at concerts, man. <laughs> Especially like I uh, like like always like got stuck checking IDs because I'm skinny as shit and can't defend my <laughs> life for for nothing. So. It's because you need that jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I need to do the jiu-jitsu. Or just eat some protein and (laughs) and go actually lift a dumbbell. (laughs) Instead of just running two miles every day (laughs) and getting slimmer. But, uh, man, my favorite was, like, checking these IDs. And this one kid comes up with this, like, just god-awful fake ID. And it's always Florida. I don't know why it's, like, always Florida or Rhode Island. Probably the same dealer, like the same seller. <laughs> it's possible, but it's like such a giveaway because like the plastic's peeling off and it's like the card is like super thick and not wow. slick at all. Right, right. And like there's none of that like the hologram stuff, you know. That's you know it's like legit or whatever. The, wa- the watermark, I think, is what it's called. Anyway, um, so it's just god awful fake ID from Florida. And um, and well, like me and this dude went to like, school together, like went to college together. He was like a couple <laughs> years uh, below me in school. And so, but for whatever reason, like, we were just acquaintances, but for whatever reason, man, I guess he was just trying to get through the door, like, you know, like, to be able to drink or whatever. And so he's acting like, oh, dude, like, you're my fucking best friend, man. Like, I haven't seen you in forever. How you been? You still writing songs and, what you know, yeah. and doing all that. And I was, 
yeah, man, yeah, everything's good. I mean, whatever. And uh, <laughs> I'm like checking his ID, and I'm like, I'm like at this point in the at this point in the job, I've been working like I guess almost a year doing that, and so I was really comfortable catching fakes and calling people out on it. So I just like look at the ID, like instantly tell it's fake, and then I look back up at him and I go, I hope you didn't pay too much for this. <laughs> and, <laughs> And he just like like jumps back like what are you talking about man? He's like no, it's my ID. And I was like no, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> and I was like he's like I'll let you in if you give me your real one. And then so he brought out his real one and then I let him in. And then he just like like oh, wow. flicked me off every time I saw him for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but you let the, him uh, in. Yeah, I let him in. I shouldn't have though. But uh, but I was nice enough to do that, I guess. Well, okay. But. So he gave you a fake ID. He showed you his real ID. Was it twenty one and over only or what? No, like, it was how, a, like what was it that what okay, was it that you asked question. for? Yeah, yeah. What is it that that? No, I think I'm pretty sure it was like an 18 and up uh, show, but they have uh, so I mean they mark you with like you know X's and stuff, or we I would mark <clears> you in X's if if you were underage but you had you know or under 21. I mean right, that right, you right. were you know 18 or older, old enough to get in the show. Yeah. Okay. That that was my question because he you you took his fake. He still presented it with a real one. I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, that was like, good for clarification. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and then the, the greatest part though, I mean like this guy's like, you know, I was like, I started off checking IDs like at the beginning and then, um, and then my supervisor who's like one of my best friends in the entire world who would really be badass if he could be here right now talking with us, but uh, oh, was supervising yeah. that night. And, um, and so he had me roaming for a little bit and then every time I ran into this kid, he just like flicked me the bird, man, just so hard. And I was whatever, man. I'm going to transition down to what happened last night. Ooh. Do you remember what happened last night at the I, end? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to... I'm pretty sure I almost got my ass beat for no good reason, though. <clears throat> well, you wouldn't have because I wouldn't have let it happen, but got yeah, pretty, but got I, pretty I'm, close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I like said something really stupid. I don't even know what the guy... What, okay, what did he say? Just well, it wasn't even a... Well, honestly, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. Cause even what you said, I mean, it was a sarcastic remark back, but it's like, to me, I don't know. Okay, let me just go through it. So we're outside of Hillbillies, and then we're there with our two female friends, and it's me and Eddie. And then female one says, oh, I thought he was this age. And so this drunk-ass guy comes like, well, I'm, I'm 16. And, and then Eddie's like, yeah, me too. So then that drunk guy keeps walking. So then that drunk guy keeps walking. It takes about five steps before he comprehended what Eddie said. And he turns around, and I'm like, oh, here, okay, here we go. Here we go. And if there's a video on us right now, you guys would see me. Like, I was I was ready to go. I was like, it's ready? Because I'm like, worst case scenario, I'm not going to let anything happen to Eddie. Like, we're good. Like, whatever. And then, uh, but, I, I mean, in my eyes, he was so drunk that he didn't, finished comprehending what you said mm. so while he heard it and he turned back and he acknowledged it he turned around and then kept going to his car and then he he was a leaning he's a leaning alcoholic so he's just mm. leaning. <laughs> the best kind of my eye he's good now funny thing is that when we're walking to the when we're taking off already his name happened to be justin because when I, we were passing by i guess i guess his friends he had like three other friends I'm like oh, that could have been very bad if it, if he would have charged and then i would have to defend you and then if his friends would have seen it, that might have not been very good. Mm, but at not. least, at least he was drunk enough. It ended. I hope I, I hope he got home safe. You know, no, no, no. It, it, we're all you know having a good time last night, so it's not a big deal. But man, I feel bad now. I hope he didn't like. I mean, like, I was just being my usual sarcastic, like, like just I'm just having fun, yeah. drunken self. But yeah, I wouldn't dare start anything being mine. <laughs> <my size. laughs> 
<laughs> I love how we just got finished with Sorry, that. dude. It was just a joke, man. <laughs> It was all good, but yeah, I was. It's not like I said, your face is ugly. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't like anything like detrimental to like, oh my god, like you hurt my feelings. <laughs> maybe, guy. maybe he turned around to verify whether you really were 16 or not. <laughs> he might have been, but oh, man, he he was just lit. He was he he had probably had a good time. You know, him and his friends were out. Like, like we were out with our friends, and me and Eddie were out hanging out. And, and then me being an asshole, I ruined his night. And then this guy's like, and then guy number one was like, what? And I was like. Just run. <laughs> Just run. Go. Go. Oh, man. It's a good time, though. It's a good time. I like to be lighthearted about it all. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like if you're not... If you're not lighthearted or if you have a thin skin, like... It just kind of gets in the way of life. No? Like... Yeah, man. And that's kind of, like, why like I felt, like, like safe making that remark back. Because I was like, oh, we're all just joking about, like being 16 yeah. or whatever so, I don't know yeah I think it's the people that take things like very personally or, or just get offended really easily by by remarks like that that have really no malintent um, they're the ones that kind of like live a, a more kind of bitter angry life and uh, what do you get out of that like you know we're all just here having a good time the funny thing is like we're gonna bring up ego mm. cause it's like I feel like when you get drunk, like, ego comes out the most. But <clears throat> in this case, where some people let it get in the way as opposed to, like, letting it go. Like, you're saying, like, right. you know, having fun, having a good time, and then, like, that one person just, like, goes over the edge. It's like, man, chill out, man. Chill out. Like, we're all drunk. and But, it, but the thing is, if we're all drunk, I guess we're not all coherent to, yeah. to make the best decisions. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> No, but you're right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's I'm just trying to understand the millennial human being. No, but okay. So I'll I'll bring this up. So no, you're absolutely right. That, like ego comes out a ton more when you're drunk. So let me put it to you from the perspective that I was in last night with this girl, and I was kind of okay. Like she's being kind of quiet, and I'm like, well, okay. So let me break this down for for everybody listening and for, and for and Brian. Brian. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Everybody listening, including you, Brian. Yeah. But, um, Sorry, I wasn't listening before that. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so the way this was going to be set up was me and this girl were supposed to go to, like, Last Pocket or, like, some of the thing, like, just, like, one-on-one, like, you know, go shoot some pool, okay, yeah, drink yeah. some beers, whatever, and hang out. So she ends up being like, oh, I don't really want to go to Last Pocket. I want to go to Hills and, like, dance and have fun, whatever. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I expressed to her, like, uh, I mean, I wasn't really, like, like feeling that because Hills gets really loud. And, and yeah. you know, I was like, I want to be able to talk. But, I mean, that's where you want to go. I mean, you yeah, know, we can go. And so it's settled. We're going to go to Hills. And, um, and then she texts me later. She's like, hey, he's like, do you have, like, a friend that you can bring with you? And I was like, Is yeah, like that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I thought she was like asking me if I had friends. I was like, yeah, I have friends. But, but uh, anyway, and then Cause, she's cause like, she called you, right? Like, was oh, this that's right. She yeah, called, yeah, yeah. Or like, was yeah. this over text that, that she's like, oh, well, she uh, okay. So the way it actually went down, I won't lie about it this time. So the way it actually <laughs> went down was that um, she says like, hey, he's like, you got like a minute? Like, I need to like talk to you about something on the phone. And I was like, oh, I was like, I just, I mean, I've been writing a song for like five hours. So I mean, like at that point, I was like, yeah, screw this. Like, yeah. I, I have time yeah, to talk on the phone. So, um, uh, so I call her, and then she's like, "Yeah, it's like, do you have like, do you have like a friend you can bring tonight?" And I was like, yeah, I've got, I've got friends. I was like, like, 
Like, why? And then she's like, why do they got like half a friend like I want to bring? He's like, oh, you want me to hook my friend up with your friend and this to be like a, like a double date a double scenario. Date. She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, okay. Well, let me hang up and let me get on it. Like, all right. All right. Yeah. So I get a hold of this dude and uh, Andy here. And I'm like, yeah, there's a situation. It's like, you in or you out? And then after a lot of convincing, he's like, okay, I'm in. Well, I had worked. Two, two shifts of two different things and I was, I was just okay at the end I was just hungry I was mm-hmm. like okay I just need to eat because I, I feed myself a lot there you go so like if you give me some food I'm good to go got some food I was like I'm good boom let's go I'm glad you came because I probably would have gotten my ass beat if you were there <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, and so me and Andy go to Hillbillies waiting on like, you know to meet up with this girl and her friend and we're going to meet up at 10 o'clock which is kind of early for me actually because I don't usually get to Hills till like 11 11.30. But uh, anyway, we're going to meet there at 10, so we get there um, a little earlier, and we're playing some pool, and this girl texts me, like, hey, like my friend is, like, not answering the phone. I'm supposed to go pick her up or whatever, and she lives, like, super far away, and, like, I live in Mission, then I got to go all the way over here, and then I'll come all the way back to Hillbillies, drive her home at the end of the night, whatever. Yeah. whatever. So uh, she has, like, a lot of driving to do, and she's complaining about it, and I guess reasonable, but so her friend's not answering the phone, so she doesn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not, I don't know what to tell you shit. <laughs> yeah. But so I guess, like, her friend um, was kind of feeling sick and I guess had taken, like, some Advil or Motrin or something to, like, suppress her cough or whatever. And uh, she mixed it with Jack Daniels that she was pre-gaming. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. We wow, all know how that goes. Way more interesting yeah. last night. Yeah. Ah, Probably. Yeah. It really would have. And I don't know how yet, but there's, very, there's many uh, variables that would have. Yeah. So, getting to the point here, finally. Um, so, her friend is just, like, nowhere to be found, right? And, like, is not answering her phone. Right. So, this girl's like, well, what do I do? And I was like, well, it's like, I mean, don't drive all the way to your, like, you know, friend's house or whatever. It's like, it's just come to the bar or whatever and hang out. Me and Andy are already here. So, she comes to the bar, and then it's just like, okay. It's like, I've got to entertain this girl. I've got to entertain Andy. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm over here. I'm, like, like stuck in the middle, man. And it's like, you know, I was like, well. I'm like, like trying to like keep conversation going, but at the same time, me and Andy are like finishing up our like you know like third round of pool or whatever. We're like trying to right. split the score. We like split yeah, a game each. One, one, so yeah. it's like you know it's just we're just in this awkward scenario pretty much. So I guess like going back to the tying in with the ego thing, I was over here like in my own head. I'm just kind of feeling like, retrospectively very egotistical. Because I'm just like, I was like, oh, like, well, if she wants to talk, if this girl wants to join in the conversation, like, I'm not going to try to, like, you know, like, entertain her into the conversation on my, like, you know, join the conversation, be present or don't be present. I'm not going to force you to be one either way. And I don't want to force anyone to be in there either way, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's like we are kind of on a date, and maybe I should have taken a little more initiative in the uh, in the talking points. So I mean, but then the night just kind of ends up with her frustrated, and then I'm just kind of over here on my high horse, like, hey man, like if you're not into it, like you know, like. it seems this is this is like I don't want to call it a problem, but this is I guess like a small hurdle that can easily be jumped over, versus. You know, external factors that are just way too high to, to get over or, or yeah. to, to overcome. So it's definitely not a, a, a bad hurdle. We'll call it that. It's fixable, manageable. Super. And at the end of the day, it's um, not that it doesn't matter to me, but it's very minuscule in terms of, like, the grander picture of my life currently. Yeah, definitely. So it's just one of the things, uh, you know, if we don't get dinner, it doesn't work out. Whatever, man. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. That's one thing that, well, you had brought up to me because I didn't see it like that. As far as 
you know, having priorities in your life. So you have priority one, two, and three. Then you have the personal life that you're trying to at least work on, you know, where you have your priorities. And right now our priorities is make a live, make, a, make a good living, enjoy what we do, and then, you know, live well with, you know, in general. And then our personal life, which would be, you know, having, having a girlfriend eventually, hopefully, I mean, I know I want a family eventually. Yeah. But the way Brian put it was, you know, finding that girl that will become a part of your priority list. You know, someone that, that you, you are able to, you know, besides having a conversation, but I don't know, I don't know, have, just have her as a priority. Right? That's something I can, that's something I can think about it. Yeah. Keep going, I, keep going on that. Because I feel that. that like, at least now, I personally feel that, you know, a girl, a girlfriend isn't so much of a priority. Like I'm just kind of focusing on, on, on work and, and other, you know, small ventures, like, I guess how we what I mentioned earlier on in this conversation. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of focusing on other things and, and really a, a girl or a, a romantic relationship is kind of secondary to, to all of that. So I think in a conversation that I was having with Andy, we were just talking about how, how secondary like a love life is right now. And I think that, um, you know, when, when you're ready to settle down, that, that, a specific relationship will become a priority and, and it'll finally be above if not equal to all these things that I'm prioritizing now so if this whole little small business venture you know if it grows to something bigger and it becomes a much larger priority hopefully at that point or you know whenever I'll have somebody that is is on the same level as that priority if not greater because I'd hate to say that like my business is it's the same as having like a wife or a girlfriend, you know. It, it right, and that's yeah. a, that's that's it a very is. interesting, cause like, cause it's like it's like it's three different parts of your life that that are coming at the same time to you, right? It'd be your love life, personal life, or love life, sorry, business, and then yourself, you know, your your own, you know, well being. So when you're trying to, you know, balance all that, you know, it. I, I remember seeing like these diagrams where we're talking about. Like, like when you're like when we were in college, like a lot of people would post, uh, if you're like have a social life, study or go to sleep, and like you can only choose two, and it's just like we're like right in the middle of that still, but we're tra- we're transitioning because now we're out of college, we're not having to deal with that. Now I say, I mean, sleep is now min- min- uh, minuscule. I guess that would be the word. It's 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 not on top of my priority list for sure, because I know there's a lot. I mean, I do I do get a lot of people like, oh my god, you don't sleep? No, I sleep plenty. I just sleep at odd times. A lot of people are like, oh, like yeah, I wake up at four o'clock, but I'll take a nap. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a robot. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a nap. You know, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna do what I need to do in the morning. Just because I, I do well early in the morning, middays rough, and then at night I can, I can work it through the night and then get a few hours and then start it back up again. But um, just finding that balance and now adding the third element, you know, and then there's, then there's some people that um, don't think I mean or maybe that that never get married you know it's not that they don't think it but they just get to a certain point where it's like man like I'm 40 and you know it's kind of like okay okay this is where I'm at now yeah um I remember you mentioning once this is pre uh this past experience with a girl that you're like man like I don't, I don't think I'll ever get married and then like this thing happened and it's like it you're right 180. I did say that and I was, and and, it, and I just mentioned it because it's it's a very interesting thing that a moment done, and your and your your mind's totally changed because you're you're considering it now, 
as opposed to before where it was like eh, no I don't think so like fine like, you've met these girls and whatnot and and you gave them a chance or whatever and then you get to this and it's like oh my god like maybe maybe it will happen you know and that's where I, I think I told you like you know um, to for sure give it a chance but I guess never say never but you, like you know what I realized like with this girl that I just like fell head over heels for I mean like like the more and more we like went on you know our dates and whatever like the more it just kind of like conversation started kind of dwindling very faintly mm-hmm. not like in a huge way but just like each time was kind of just like okay we've kind of maybe it's just like a running out of things to talk about like okay we've kind of we covered a lot of ground all the small talk yeah but um you know now I guess that at that point it just starts developing into the to, to the, you know, like, the, I guess, fitting in the rest of the, the puzzle pieces of where you fall into my life, where I fall into hers, or whatever. It's that kind of thing. Right, right. But yeah, uh, right. anyway, but, yeah, things kind of started dwindling down, and then it all kind of, you know, just did, it, uh, you know, it ended with, you know, you know her having some, some cold feet about the situation, you know, and she's kind of thinking, like, oh, I think I kind of fell into this too fast. I kind of need some space, and I'm just over here, like, nah, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but then you know then it made me realize like well, no she's right, we kind of did. And then you know take a step back and look at the surrounding circumstances of her life and then my life and what we both got going on. It's just like yeah, there's there's no way it's gonna. At least not right now. You know, at least not right now. Yeah, there's no way it's gonna work. That's another interesting like as far as like the conversation dwindling down. What I was gonna say is what I found for myself, like I don't know how often like because. You guys, at the beginning, when you guys were first learning about each other, you guys would talk all the time, finding out all the small things about each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then it started dwindling down, but I feel like the more you text, which I'm going to bring up technology, the more you text, the less you have to talk about anyways. Because you, if you're talking throughout the day, what more do you have to say at night? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because I know I had a recent experience last weekend when I got back from San Antonio. And we were out or whatever. And I was, we, it was me and Brian, some friends and whatever, and we are out. And then they're having conversation. Brian's having a conversation. Everybody's mingling. It's great. And, like, I enjoy being there, but I had nothing good. I had nothing not good. I had nothing to contribute. Yeah, I had nothing to contribute. It's like, cool, I'm listening. Like, I understand what this person's talking about. I know what, you know, because we've all been texting throughout the day. So it's like, I don't, I didn't know what else to say. So I feel like we're also kind of in that middle. And that's one thing that Simon Sinek brought up as far as uh, the technology thing and the instant gratification. And with that, you know, once you learn anything about, once you learn everything or the majority of everything about everybody, um, things change, and I wonder how you can spark that up. Like if you're, in, if you, if you've gone to that point to where you like, you know, you like the person. Okay, you like what they're about. They they're interested in a lot of the same things, and then the small talk starts dwindling out. What would, how could you make, how could you re like re spark that? I guess. I think at that point you just you create new things together to talk about yeah and maybe that's maybe maybe the whole small talk dwindling down is kind of like a a marker for like hey let's do things together let's create our own you know our, our conversations or our, our, our let's create um what's the word let's just create like your own more talk yeah, yeah yeah together together not like you've already shared what you've done you've already shared what you've done now let's do things together and 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 talk about that and and in doing things together and in interacting more you're gonna things will come up to talk about like that maybe you didn't think about before or that never came up before yeah man 
That was enlightening. I feel enlightened. I've never thought about that. I was going to... When you said... When you started talking about your dwindling down, I was like, well, that's kind of where you make things together. That's true. That's a good point. And uh, going back to, Andy, what you were saying about the texting, instant gratification, and you're running out of things to talk about very fast because of all that. Um, so my mother, who is the smartest person that I never, ever listened to... Um, even though she's always right somehow. Like, when I initially told her about this girl, I'm like, oh, like, I'm crazy about her. Like, it's it's nuts. I've never felt this way before. And uh, and she's like, okay, just make sure you take it slow. Don't talk too much, you know. Like, don't see each other more than once a week or whatever. Like, let it, you know, like, let it kindle. Like, let it grow. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and but But, yeah, I mean, it eventually gets to be to the point where you're like, we have talked too much. It kind of sucks. And then you're just sitting there, you know? But. Twiddling your thumbs, waiting for a text. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing my mom was saying about that um, is, you know, like good things develop over time. They have to develop over time. And my response to her was, how in the hell is this supposed to like is anything supposed to develop over time anymore in the world the day and age that you know, technology wise it, yeah it's like the day and age we live in now things are moving way too fast and everything like kind of needs to move fast almost if that makes sense maybe because so many things are moving fast so if you're not on that train if you're not on pace yeah, yeah if you're not on that yeah the other thing is like I hate texting like I loathe it I'd much rather have, like, face-to-face interaction. You know, I guess as anyone would, right? Or but, should. Yeah, or should. Yeah. But um, but I cannot stand text messaging. Like, when I'm, like, home and, like, you know, trying to book us gigs or, like, I'm trying to, like, write songs or plan out this record release or whatever, like, I got, like, stuff to do, man. And then on top of that, or I'll be, like, you know, subbing for the afternoon or for the morning for the day and then come over, you know, do my other job and teach music lessons all afternoon into the evening get home, eat dinner, just want to write another song and then go to bed. So it's like, you know, I was like, I don't really have time to be, you know, glued to my phone. I'm already, like, glued to my phone more than I want to be. Yeah, you know, so right. it's... I know what I try to what I try to do now, and I get this from Tim Ferriss, which everybody needs to check out Tim Ferriss' podcast. He always checks his emails after 10 a.m., or at least at one point he had mentioned in one of his podcasts, like, he tries to, like, you know... He suggests, or and that, that he, or something that he does is, uh, you know, leave that till ten. Let's say ten a.m. So what I try to do with my cell phone is not, I let it, the alarm wake me up, but then I make sure not to look at, not to open any apps or anything for an hour. My first hour of being awake, I'll get along with my day, or I'll make some food or whatever. By the time you know an hour, an hour's passed, it's like man, like, then you try for two hours and then you try for more. And not, now it's, I feel it. Now I don't do it for that long because like eventually, like you know, Eddie will text me or Brian will text me. We'll talk about something or other you know whether it's business or otherwise but i know that's that has helped me and i've only started i've only done it for two weeks like i haven't done it forever it's just a, it's just something that i'm testing to move because to allow you know i guess uh not being so glued to the phone in, in essence technology and social media especially like being an artist and a musician and you've got to promote your stuff and well, that's a really solid, if, I mean, like, if anything, it's, like, the number one way to promote your stuff, like, right. it's not even, like, your website anymore, it's, like, your, you know, or, like or email or anything, it's, like, no, nah, your Facebook, how many followers do you have on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
Periscope, whatever it is, yeah. you know. And I already hate social media enough. Like, I hate what it does for our egos and, like, our narcissism and how it's kind of played into this generation and, and, uh, and all that. I'm not going to say I don't like social media because I feel like one way or another you're, you're connected to the certain things that you like through social media. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I guess going off of that, I hate how addicting it is. <laughs> I uh, hate that yeah. I like it. And, and one thing on Brian is you don't have Facebook. Yeah, I don't have Facebook. Um, You're weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a part. A part of it was because I didn't feel like I I used it enough to put my own content on there. It was uh, anytime I I went on there, like it felt like I was just seeing a lot more of other people's lives than I wanted to or like than I was than really than I was concerned for that I cared for um so yeah it just felt like it was it was unnecessary and and I just got rid of it I was like you know what it's it I not that it was addicting but it it I found myself sometimes taking too much time for that and it it wasn't necessary so I just got rid of it and um I'm okay like, yeah, that's, that's that's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm yeah, like, you don't have Facebook, and that's I think that's awesome. Like today, I was talking to somebody, and and so Facebook came up, and she's like, oh, I don't like, I, I'm just getting tired of like seeing these posts, and she's just just aggravated, right? Yeah. I'm like, well, get rid of it. And when they thought about it, like, man, like I can, like it's not, it's, it's actually not as hard as you think. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not an obligation. Yeah, and that's oh man, but that that goes with like change of like. The idea of what so I think I think what social media was meant to be into what it turned out to be. Because hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, when he created Facebook, you know, it's to connect people, and it started at a college. It wasn't like it was like a mass thing until like later. He's like, okay, I can make some money off of this. You know, fine, fine. He made it into a business. That's that's not a bad thing. You want to create, you want to innovate, fine. But once you know, you started seeing ads, and then business were like, hey, can I uh, share some space on this internet page and whatever, and that just changed everything. Well, and now they're getting into the whole, like, fake news things. Like, oh, we're going to block fake news. So, I mean, well, I mean, I guess that's nothing new, right? They've been kind of controlling their content for, for a while now, right? And maybe, like, like since their inception. But, um, I don't know, man. It's just so strange. And then, like, it's starting to, like, pick up on your habits. Like, you go into Google or you go into Amazon and you're looking for, like, uh, I don't know, whatever the hell Brian's going to sell. But, <laughs> you know, like you're looking like for a product and then, and then you go like into your Facebook and it's like on the side, it's just like advertising that like product. Musician's friend, guitar center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reverb.com. I don't know, man. It's really intrusive. Well, I think, I think the, what it comes down to is that like, so let's go back to television. You have commercials running through your, your programs kind of interrupting your programs and the commercials are there to to reach an audience to reach a market and these uh, networks allow that because they need funding so that that they get money through that Um, at least like for example like local or like like channels that you can get over antenna um, they make their money off of off of these ads so I think that a lot of a lot of these audiences that would watch normally watch television we're all moving away from that and and now we're just streaming content and now we're spending a lot of time on social media so there's ads on snapchat 
there's ads on Twitter, and from what I hear, there's ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just the same, the same um, concept of marketing and 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 advertising. It's just moving on to the media that we are using now more than what was used then. So it may seem I think that the reason it seems intrusive it's because that's where you're spending more time on now mm-hmm. did commercials on TV seem intrusive before always well and now you're on Facebook and now it seems intrusive on Facebook and the the weird thing about Facebook and maybe it's a smart thing too is that they know like your your internet history and they can market to you better than they could when you were watching TV and while I feel like for the businesses, it's a great thing. That's, that's how you get your, you know, even now, like you can make a business. Now you make it, now you can make a Facebook yeah. and just promote. And that's a great thing. But as a society and as people trying to live and you hear all these depressed people, and there's one thing I was watching. Was it, was it Peter Thiel or was it Tim Ferriss with Jocko? It was one of those. Either way, the main thing was, uh, it might've been Tim Ferriss. Um, you know, social media, people who have, uh, Facebook accounts, social media accounts have like X amount percentage, way more chance of like depression and like other co- other like stuff, like mental like breakdowns and stuff because of social media. Like it's it's a direct, like uh, it's a direct like uh, cause. Like social media causes depression. Social media causes like, and then going to Simon Sinek with like the dopamine and all that all that stuff that he that you get you know your brain you get that instant gratification. And I think I think uh, a point of of or a factor. Of, of the whole depression thing because of social media was the fact that I think people's lives or other people's lives seem better so people get depressed when they feel that their life isn't as great as all of these other people who are posting their their so-called you know life great right. lives out there mm-hmm. but I don't know I honestly feel like all of this comes or it's it's kind of related to um, what we were talking about earlier having you know just just being kind of almost nonchalant about things like i'm not so worried concerned about other people's right. okay. lives and okay what i'm gonna bring up in addition, in addition to what you're saying is while we're not because i feel like you know we i mean we have way more important things that we're, we're, we're currently worried about but for the majority which is like the older generation the millennials and then the, the, then the generation coming up after us because like i'm here with these kids that have cell phones and they're just like crazy like it's like man like how is it going to be in 10? Even, I thought it was going to be longer before, like, maybe, like, n- the next big change is going to happen. It's going to be way quicker. Yeah. And it, it's kind of freaking me out from the social aspect. Like I said, like, the business thing, it's great for business. It's great to do market and, blah, and meet people, maybe, whatever. But the social interaction, and I'm not talking, like, talking face-to-face. I'm talking just being a person and, like, oh, you're em- you envy somebody. And it's, like... Like, you know, and that causes, like, all this other stuff, you know, like, depression and suicide and all this other, all these other things. It's like, man, like, like, will social media businesses, like, like, Facebook and, like, those, like, social media actual links, will they help these people? Like, if they're causing, like, all this bad, like, is there, is there a time where they need to realize, or someone needs to realize, like, you know, like, like, hey, you guys, like... I'm glad you have Facebook, but you know, I'm or I'm glad you're on my website, but you know, you know, take it easy, you know, like don't come on every day or something like that to where it doesn't affect someone mentally. Yeah. As far as like mental like breakdowns of like certain things, like we're talking about Instagram gratification stuff and and what social media does. It's like, well, 
you know, it does good, but it also does bad. And how can we mitigate the bad? Well, I may be too late to the topic now. I've been, like, looking this up to find this response article that uh, this person wrote to that Simon video. What's his last name? Simon what? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek video. S-I-N-E-K. So this uh, response article this guy puts, Simon then discusses social media addiction by pointing out that texting, Facebook, Instagram, etc. can give your brain a hit of dopamine. While that's true, Simon disingenuously compares it only to addictive behaviors like smoking, gambling, and drinking, while ignoring that you can also get a release of dopamine by exercising, accomplishing a goal, or getting a hug from a friend. Also, that's a vast oversimplification of what dopamine is and does. And, and while I don't, I don't disagree with this article because I get what he's saying, but he's talking about, to me, the minority of millennials. He's trying to bash Simon Sinek for talking about general millennials. No, there's a lot of dumbass millennials. <laughs> like, there's a lot of them. Fine. That's that's just the truth. Now, not all are. Like, you know, we're trying to do something. No, he, t- the way he wrote the article, whoever wrote this, he obviously knows people that are getting after it too, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not, and I'm pretty sure Simon Sinek's not talking about those people either. He's talking about, and even if, even when they show the audience on Simon's uh, video. It's like there's millennials there. That's why half of them are laughing because it's like, man, it's probably true. They probably know everybody in there probably knows at least one person who's Simon's talking about and who this kid is not talking about. Whoever this author uh, wrote the article. I mean, everything in moderation, man. I think that's the key. It has to be moderation yeah. to it. Now, how do we get there? It's hard to slow down, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to put it down. It's addicting. Even to me, it's like sorry, it's like sometimes that's like the first thing I do. Like even though like as much as I, I hate, I don't hate it just so much as I, I hate that I like it. I hate like how like into it I am sometimes, you know. Yeah. So it's like like oh like I want to see what my friends are up to, what like people are doing, and it's like whatever going through it, or I want to post a cool video of Leanne Womack singing a cool song or whatever, <laughs> and then uh, see how many people I guess relate to it, right? But um. Yeah, it's like one of the things. It's like sometimes I wake up and it's like the first thing I do is like, oh, I'm gonna open the Facebook app and it's like I haven't even turned off my alarm yet and I've already opened the Facebook app. <laughs> then your alarm rings for ten more times. Yeah, like an hour. Um, well, okay, I guess one thing I was gonna add to like si- when this kid he talks about you know that he com- that Simon compares it to like alcohol and and drugs and whatnot because it's the same thing. It's doing it's, it has the same effect now while exercising is good for you the people who are addicted to these things don't exercise so it's like what are you arguing what is this what is this guy who wrote the article's true argument because to me it's very unclear in the sense of he's not to me he's not talking about everyone he's only talking about the people that he knows that's what i that's what i got out of the article that's when i, when I text when i text eddie back and i was like man like i there's a lot of points i understand but i feel like he's not talking about the people that he knows, because I'm like, I related to me. Like I know Eddie, I know Brian. We're getting, we're getting after our, we have our priorities, and that's what we're doing. But then we have those people that we see on social media. It's like, man, like really, dude, like that's what you, or really, that's that's what you're doing. Like that's the best you can do. And not that, maybe, uh, not. I don't mean it in a demeaning way. I mean it in the very sense of allowing for um, social media to be like the gateway, as opposed to like actually living. You know. Yeah. Well, then, like, um, okay, so, like, for, I catch, I, I got to catch myself doing this with songwriting. So, it's, like, I know I really shouldn't be super excited about a song until it's done. Like, I just, I try to keep myself, you know, confined to that, um, to that thought, I guess. Like, 
don't be excited about it until it's done. And then, like, until it's, like, completely done. Don't show anyone the song until it's done. Don't tell anyone about it. Don't speak about it, you know? And, um, and I do that now because I'll catch myself, like, if I spill the beans on an, on an idea I think is cool or, like, four lines that I thought were awesome, and I'll tell, like, like Andy about it or I'll tell someone else about it or whatever. And then it's, like, okay, like, Andy thought it was a cool idea. It was a cool four lines or it was a cool couplet or whatever. That feels good that he liked it. Now I don't feel the need to go finish it because I already got my, like, you know, the gratification. the gratification from it. That's so yeah, it's like so I don't like post like my song lyrics anymore, or titles, or ideas, or anything. I try to like hold on to it. Well, it's, either way, I think that's very interesting because I, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, I, when you tell me something, I'm like, damn it, like damn it, you have enough. Like to me, to me, half the like more okay, more than half the stuff. Everything you send me, I'm like, man, Eddie's onto something here. Like regardless of what it is, I at least from my perspective, you know, you you talk to maybe talk to a friend in Nashville or something, they might say something else, but. I know when I see you write, it's like oh, okay, okay, like yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you finish it and see what mm-hmm. you, see what you bring out of it. I I usually do. I'm like better about it now, but like like it's back in the day. It's like it wasn't so good. Back but anyway, like tying all this in, this is what I see a lot of on social media. It's like people trying to get healthy, get fit, or whatever, or like getting motivated, get inspired, and so they post like some meme that's like, you know, like insert like Dalai Lama quote or something or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then it's just, okay, you posted that. Are you actually like doing anything? Right. Like, do you feel the need to do anything now mm-hmm. that you posted that? You got like a hundred, 200 you, yeah, likes you on get it. To, you get your like, 200 likes. Yeah. So like, like, you, you get your gratification from it. Now, do you really feel like doing anything? Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought this up because you were bringing up the bad, right? And, and the negative, the negative like impact that social media has on people and, and with maybe, you know, depression and stuff like that. So then there's people that are posting motivational things. And maybe, let's say, let's say a person is posting motivational quotes and pictures and this and that, but they're not doing anything to get after it. But the fact that they are putting this content out there, could that be helping people? I do. Okay, I do think so. You see what I mean? Like, like, there are the negatives to social media and and causing depression and, and other, you know, detrimental mental conditions or or just you know just bad stuff are these people even if they personally aren't getting after it but they are posting motivational things and and you know and just are could they be building people up and you know how do you know about it right right so is that is pros and cons man yeah i guess but yeah trade-off so maybe it's not being done in a global way okay but maybe it is happening but how can a a person preach what they don't do because i don't disagree because i know there's sometimes there's some days where i feel lazy as hell but i'm gonna go to jujitsu and get my ass beat because i'm like okay dude get this knocked out of you like you shouldn't you i feel like you sometimes maybe i i may talk too much to not do something you know like if i'm so if i have a lazy wednesday and then like thursday comes around i'm like Okay, I need to go jujitsu because, like, okay, I've I've already missed a day, and that's not for one, that's not good for training, but for two, it's like it's more of a me thing because, like, if I'm trying to help Eddie, if I'm trying to help Brian, if I'm trying to help my family, if I'm trying to help anybody, people at the gym that I work with every day, it's like how can I suggest to them stuff if I'm not doing it myself? Because I don't disagree with you. I completely, I completely, it it helps. It does help, but for me, it's like I need to move in order to help people move. Right. And well, I, don't, I don't think that applies to everybody, though. That's fair. So, well, that's good. So I, I think there are people out there that aren't getting after it, and somehow they could be helping other people get after it. So I think that's the way you feel, and I think that's fair. Um, 
But I also believe that there could be other people. And and I only truly believe it, or I only brought it up because Eddie was saying it. Like, are you really doing something about it? Are you really, you know, doing what you're preaching? And and maybe you don't have to. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but maybe some people are getting after it thanks to these people who may not be, but are put are preaching about it. Yeah, that helps yeah. me. That definitely helps me. And I, and and along with like all of this social media being here and now and it's negative and maybe positive effects i honestly feel that all of these pros and cons have existed before but just through different methods different mediums yeah like like you were saying about how you want to show friends oh this cool video or you want to you know you want to you use social media to interact with your friends well how did people interact before they all hung out somewhere so like that the social media now has and I think we all know this it has like substituted face to face interactions yeah and and then like all these like Facebook ads back in the day didn't you have kind of like door to door salesmen like I think that all of these things are just kind of moving forward and they seem intrusive now because the internet and, and social media has allowed us to be more informed about these so maybe people were depressed before because they had they envied their neighbor or they envied their friends, but we didn't know about it because there wasn't a public wall to post it on. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just something I kind of was thinking about. It's very interesting now. Like uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a good idea to like transfer this into like a political agenda, but now we're gonna have a president whose Twitter use is phenomenally disturbing <laughs> but yeah. it's awesome like it's i mean it's i mean he says like some really terrible shit sometimes and but you know but then at the same time it's like oh the dopamine hit that was that was <laughs> that was pretty hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like what he like he got like so butthurt about the uh about the hamilton thing and i was just ah oh, come on man you know he's like you didn't have to tweet all that shit but you know yeah allegedly allegedly and then there was silence. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, mm. I feel like sometimes, oh, I don't know. Andy, Andy knows this, but I, I, sometimes I feel like silence is good. And I say that Andy knows this, I guess I got ahead of myself. I like it. I like silence sometimes. But because I enjoy sometimes like being alone, being by myself, I feel that it gives me like, like I, I rest from any other like interaction and not that like I get annoyed or tired of being around people like I love I love being around people because I choose who I'm around and I have like a small circle of friends that I like you know that I consider friends that I consider good good people good friends so I feel like sometimes being alone gives me an opportunity to like absorb everything that I've like heard or everything that I've experienced with these people so sliding into DMs, like, <laughs> like we're not good enough to like you know like have a conversation face to face when we run into each other or like you know what what is it about that? Because that's kind of like been happening to me lately where you know like people just kind of like I'm like over here on my house oh people slide into my fucking DMs I mean like, I'm I'm guilty but like I've, you know I've done it whatever but um 
But it's like a thing that bothers me too, I guess, because it's like man's like it's like why can't it just like build up the nerve to go like you know talk to that girl or you know or in person even though we've never met before and be like hey, like let's you know let's have a dance for at the bar or whatever or let's uh, it's like can I get you a drink you know like let, like where you know where's all that gone and now it's just like nah, I'm just gonna slide into her DMs later. <laughs> or she's gonna slide into mine, and it'll be less awkward because of it. But. Right, right, right. Well, that's, that's that comes with like social interaction, like the social interaction versus social media. Now, why it's why it's changing, I don't know the sign behind it. There has to be some. There has to be some. I feel like for social media and social interaction, there has to be some scientific explanation for it. Because there's something with talking, and someone, and I guess, well, I guess the one thing now that I'm saying out loud, when you're sending a text, whether it's DMs or whatever text messages in general, you have time to erase and then re re put your thought. Yeah. When you say something and if it's just the right sentence, like it's gonna stay forever, right? Whether it's good or bad doesn't matter. But the point is that you can't edit what you say versus you can send you can see your text, look at your phone, and you're like, nah, that's stupid. You erase the whole thing, you start over again. Yeah. So you have time to mitigate your instant gratification. And I think what makes like uh face-to-face interaction a little more intimidating is the fact that 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 you don't have like the time or the chance to to second guess your response or your your statement and i think that it's intimidating because we don't we don't have the practice you know like and he and well for us at least that we we work on things we don't want to be we don't want to do it wrong at least at the minute at the very least we don't want to do Whatever that one thing is wrong, and in this case, it's social interaction because we don't do it enough. Now, when we're now, now us three here in this table, we've known each other for over ten years. We've known each other forever. Yeah. But that's what it's gonna take with new people. So when you're meeting new people, it takes time, which is relative to what everything yeah. we've talked about. I love the awkwardness of like face-to-face interactions, though. At least like the genuine awkwardness comes from it. But honestly, like okay, so this all stems from. Uh, I'm not saying this because. So like going on a first date with a girl, I usually bring up my uh, my uh, my desire to do DMT or try DMT, try that you know like mm-hmm. you know psychedelic hallucinogenic contraption, or you know travel to Peru at some point in my life and and have an ayahuasca experience with a shaman and do that whole process. So that usually opens up a conversation to well, what's DMT? And it's like <laughs> well, let me tell you, and then you know and then I give that whole like. Joe Rogan like rehearsed bit about DMT, <laughs> what it is and where it comes from, and uh, what it does to you and all that. And then it's just like they either look at me like you're fucking strange, or they're just kind of like interesting. And then it, it just kind of like. But then you get that one conversation like what, and they want to know more, or they know what you're talking yeah. about, and you continue the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So I love throwing throwing first dates for a whirl with the DMT. <laughs> It's always fun. That or bring up like, you know, uh, like, well, last night even, like I brought up, I couldn't help it. I brought up like, how do you think the world's going to end? Like, you know, <laughs> and I totally brought it up with that girl. She's just sitting there, poor thing. She's just sitting there like, uh, I, I, the I, I don't end? know. She's <laughs> like, I don't, like, don't want to die today. Yeah. And then I'm over here like, well, how long were the dinosaurs on the earth? Andy, look up how long the dinosaurs <laughs> were on the earth. What do you say it was? Like 120 billion 127 years? 127 million years. Oh, million years. Yeah. Okay. And we've only been on the earth. As Not human beings, two hundred thousand. As civilizations, like six thousand. That's like nuts that. to fucking. And think that, about. don't quote me that. That's like a Wikipedia shit. So for you people listening, like, if you find the answer, I'm gonna post this on social media, and you can give me the right answer. And it's all good. It's 
no big deal. Just what I could recall from last night. So it took dinosaurs that long to develop and like you know evolve and and go and through die. all that and then die. So I mean like, we're pretty far off from that date, but I mean at any given moment it can all go down. And it's true. And like but like and while that's very possible, it's just as possible for that for us to be the first two th- first six thousand years of civilization of the next one hundred twenty million. Imagine that. So that's why I just well we're gonna go back to, we're gonna talk I'm gonna bring up dichotomies out of the copies now this is a 2016 thing that I developed from Jocko Willink but a lot of people are like oh like it can it can it can ha- it can end tomorrow I'm like well it could also end a million years from now we won't we will never know because even if it ends tomorrow we won't be here to st- we won't be here to know it so I'm not arguing against I'm just saying that there's multiple possibilities and that's a, I think that's a lot of things that you know everybody wants their opinion or their point of view to be the absolute you know, zero, like absolute one, you know, and it's like, no, like there's one and there's, you know, there's all types of ones, right? And that's the thing that I guess that does bother me. It's like, no, there's, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there's possibilities and I don't want, I don't want to be overseen because if it's, if you have 5% of something happening, it's still a percentage. It's still part of what, what you're part of the whole. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people cut that out just because it's 5%. It's like, well, no, if, if it happens, I'm not gonna tell you. I, so, I told you so, but I'll, so, I'll show you the pie chart. Say it, it was possible. It happened, yeah. and that's it. And we're gonna progress now. We're gonna we're gonna move on, and that's gonna be that. But yeah, definitely. And that, that goes back to like ego and everything. It's just like you know, it's like no, like there, you can have multiple views. Like you know, it's like when you when you have to disagree on something, half the time it can probably mi- probably be mitigated. It can be you know just agree to disagree, and people don't want to do that. People are like no, I'm right. Well, I, okay, so going back to cheesy quotes people post on Facebook, every now and then one comes across that's just like, ah, yes, right? So someone posted the other day that, that I caught this. It was, um, uh, people, don't, um, people don't debate anymore um, like to listen. They debate to argue. Or, or, or you don't listen to, to whatever it is. What's the damn quote? Well, some, well uh, that makes sense to me. Well, yeah, you don't you don't listen to like basically basically you don't listen to solve the problem. You don't, okay, here's what it was. It's um, you don't listen to understand anymore, and you're listening to respond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And understand and respond sense. are like important things. And I know I'm definitely. I promise I am just trying to understand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So when I so that's all. I guess it's also kind of a problem. Like, it's kind of like a me thing where I I tell you guys about me things all the time because it's like I talk to you guys on a daily basis. But like when I'm talking to somebody and it gets to a certain point where it's like, uh, you know, how deep in con- into conversation do I want to go with this person? And while maybe going deep isn't bad, it's maybe it's not a bad thing. But like I don't know this person. Like I don't know what they're about. I don't know you know what their point of view is. And I don't mind their I don't mind learning about their point of view. But I feel sometimes I may go too deep into conversation too fast. Whereas when we get there, like we already know each other, so we kind of just if we could dive into something, it's fine. But when you're in you're interacting with somebody relatively new. Um, I feel like I ha- that's a me problem. Like well, I, I do that too often, and I, I usually that's when I usually stop talking because I feel like if I my next thing is gonna dive into like this tangent, this rabbit hole, of thinking too deeply, too metaphorically, too uh, philosophically, and then it's like, well, yeah, I don't, yeah. I feel like I get to a stomp, and it's like, okay, I just stop. I just be quiet. Well, I think 
The problem is not with you. I think the problem is with some people respond well to that. Some people don't respond well to that. I guess like, it's all like comes down to like who are you talking to and how are they going to take it. Like, because um, I'm like the exact opposite actually. Like, I mean, I don't like that could be like five minutes into a first date, and maybe this is why like my dates don't go well. But I'll be like, you know, like what's the thing in your life that you most regret? Or like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's because like that says a lot about a person and I really want to get to know that about right, a person. Right. And I'm a very open person. Like I will tell anyone just about anything about mm-hmm. myself, right? Um, within some confines. Yeah. But, um, but for the most part, like, like if you want to know what my biggest, darkest, deepest regret is, I'm going to tell you. Like, if, you know, yeah, like right. even if I've only been talking so to you for five seconds. <laughs> Because I like <laughs> understanding people's perspective, and I want people to understand mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because that keeps the whole, you know, the whole thing now, open. Man, because I, I completely agree with that, but I feel like I, I feel like when I'm get to that point, I can't do it, and it's more that I won't do it because I won't do it, and I don't know why. I just I don't know. I feel like I get too philosophical sometimes. That I get I, I get I do desensitize from the reality sometimes. Whereas, like, you know, I'm reading, like, this book by Marcus Aurelius called Meditations. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just his thoughts. It's literally what's going on in his, in his brain. And, well, like, yeah, I can talk to Brian about it because he understands. I, I, you know, you talk, you, uh, Eddie listens to the Stoic, Daily Stoic gets that stuff, too. So we understand that because we're, now, if I'm trying to talk to somebody that has no idea who Marcus Aurelius is, he only knows him as a guy that's a gladiator. It's like, that, it's like that's, that's very minimal to who Marcus Aurelius is. And it's like, I'm trying to think of, you know, I'm trying to get into the, like what he was doing and actually, you know, the actual history of the real Marcus Aurelius, where I can't do that with a person that I just met. Well, I want to say that I think you can do that, but it's up to you to understand their knowledge of it and what you can say based on that. So, I mean, you're not going to go into like a conversation about Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius and full blown, like, just, you know, just blast all the information you know about it but you kind of have to understand what they know and what you want them to know or what they're interested in and ease them into it right okay so if they're if a lot of people are quote-unquote victims right like let's say they tell me a problem or something happens and it's like oh this is the biggest problem in the world and i'm like no you can solve that just delete your facebook or a or just stop talking to that person it's not that hard a lot of things are black and white and while I only, or I, while I try not to do that for everybody, because it's like, well, you can't just talk to somebody you just, or at least I feel like you can't talk to somebody like that. Now, when I've talked, you know, now I know it, like you guys here, I know you guys, so I talk to you guys a certain way. Whereas if someone that just met, I can say, well, you're like, don't do that. Like it's wrong. You know, if you feel a certain way, you know, why are you making yourself unhappy? And a lot of people don't understand or haven't gone to that maybe maybe they haven't gone to that point of like understanding like that they have a choice and making decisions even if it's hard like we talk about like firing and like because i dealt with it at when i work retail and it's like it's never an easy thing but it has to happen sometimes mm-hmm. it has to happen and it's and that's very black and white okay this is what you did we gave you a chance or whatever whatever the scenario is we gave you a chance we did this we did this we did this it still didn't fit work out sorry you, we had to let you go you know that's a very black and white thing people are like oh I ha- I can't do this because my cousin won't let me. What do you mean your cousin won't let you? I don't understand that. So well, I guess I understand what you're saying as far as like making conversation. But when people then go into like, oh, I couldn't, 
I wish I could have slept more. I only slept like two hours. Well, why did you only sleep two hours? Now, were you up bullshitting? Or were you actually doing work? Okay, fine. If you were actually doing work and you only had two hours of sleep, that, that shit, that happens. Sleep over the weekend. Sleep on Sunday. Find, find time to sleep because I do suggest to sleep. I'm not saying not to sleep. I'm just saying that there's that if you make a choice, if you make a decision, it's your decision. Not and you know, oh my, you know, my my brother did this. Like, well, okay, so then, are you gonna do it or are you not? No, I don't. I don't think so because I don't like it. Okay, fine, don't do it. As opposed to, you know, anything else like us. You know, it's like okay. That's it's it's that it's a need for reassurance. You know? mm. I can reassure somebody to get after it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, put it to you this way. So, like, you're a big fan of, of Jocko Willink and his podcast, and, and that's been a big key in your life, right? Inspiring you lately. So why do you still listen to him when you know what he's going to say? Because there's those golden nuggets that still come out. And one thing that he brought up on one of his podcasts, because he brought that, he's like, well, because he's, he, started, he started getting feedback of, like, hey, like, I, I, I feel like I know what you're going to say. And his response to that was, well, then I'm being, I'm being a, a, I'm teaching you, you're, and you're learning. Because repetition helps you mm. retain stuff. Good so point. when you retain and you keep showing, like we're just let's just say, let's just say decision making, right? Making a choice, you have it. It's your choice. It's not your cousin. It's not your brother. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's your choice. Now you have that. So if he if he's talking about if he reads one book and it's, and the whole book's about choice, well then by the end like man you're gonna you're gonna walk into your own personal life, your own personal scenario and be like okay. I would do this. This is the choice I'll make. So that's why I repeti- that's why I do that now. So I still listen because there's still new stuff coming up. Whereas the stuff that he repeats, like, oh, I know what Jocko would say, but it's like, okay, I not, I now do the same thing. Does that make sense? Like re- that's a retention, good yeah, yeah, retention helps. Uh, retention helps you use it over. If you use it over and over again, which which causes retention also. You'll be able to then help others. You know, actually, okay, I'm gonna give you this scenario from uh, yesterday. So I'm doing eighth grade math, and there's this kid. He's super, super bright kid. Like I, like I hope in ten years, like I find, like I see him, like I done with college and whatever. Because I, to me, even now as an eighth grader, like I'm like, man, you may be a kid that I'd like to hire at some point. You know, and you're and when he gets older, and I walked him through. I gave him step by step. I'm like, okay, you do, you do this, you do this, you do this. I gave him three steps. Five minutes later, I, I heard him out from across the room. I overheard him explaining to the to the girl next to him, and I was like, "Hey, good job!" And he and she's like, "Oh, I get it now." And she didn't have to ask me a question. So if I'm able to explain clearly, and even if even if he were to ask me over and over again, but eventually he's able to explain to somebody else that then gets it, that helps, and then that allows me to then take care of the rest of the class. That's what Jocko does. There so Jocko mean. repeats a lot with purpose, which I learned. This isn't I didn't learn for people listening. Uh, I, uh, this stuff is just learning and listening over and over again. Because even I get comments like like that, like how do you listen to Jocko every Wednesday? I'm like that's that's my first thing. Like it's like it's like 2 a.m. and Jocko podcast gets po- gets posted and it's like okay that's what I'm gonna do Go. for next for next two hours. Yeah, two, two next two three hours depending on how long it is. And and well, I was like oh, okay I know that answer I know that answer I know that answer. But that's the point. You should know the answer because that's you know that's that's what you do. You know you 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 go with that and then you then give it to other people you know when working with our band men, with our bandmates okay fine when Brian comes with me with a scenario it's like okay this is what I think I would do now you know and this is like I said for me this is a very 2016 thing that I just kind of went into uh, I won't say 180 but I definitely made a lot of life altering decisions not life changing just altered them to a different direction 
to where I'm at now, 2017, starting this podcast and then, uh, you know, continuing with other works. I would agree with that. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Repetition, 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 repetition. Yeah. Man, I wish my kids would practice their repetition. My students, I mean, my kids. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> how how could how could you do that? How how and and I will I will agree with you that or what I, what I'm going to bring up is that I think parents need to make their kids do it. Make their kids. You you are the parent. I I have and I even have. Okay, I don't. It's gonna be open up a lot of can of worms. But I have family members that allow their kids to do whatever or whatever the situation may be, and that pisses me off because then they don't. They wonder, oh, why is why is my kid like not well behaved? Well, what did you do to mitigate that behavior? Were you there? Or were you not? Or are you just yelling? Because what I learned. This is. I'm gonna go on a tangent now. So what I learned is uh, through football. Because my cousin, my older, my youngest oldest cousin that's in football um his coach yells everything eventually i saw the kids transform to where he was yelling and it didn't phase them it didn't matter and these kids were giving up and they were literally like telling him and because i talked to the coach and he's like man these kids are telling me they're giving up i'm like yeah because you keep yelling at them you get to a certain point you're yelling like it's not going to phase them anymore it that's why repetition it, it can also do very bad when you repeat your yelling it's like okay it's, it's normal as opposed to if you talk to them, hey guys, this okay for this play. Make sure you go here. Make sure you go here. Okay, cool. Now, now there's a dis- disciplinary problem. Okay, you yell at them, but if you're if you're coaching, you need to lead. If you're parenting, you need to lead. So going back to Eddie's statement about getting his kids to repeat, I think more than the parent, more than the kids, it's the parents' duty. If they're paying for one, if they're paying for their kid to learn something new. And so this is an investment of not just money, but it's also an investment of time. That's the only way that your kids are going to be able to, you, Eddie, your kids are going to be able to, like, actually, like, move on, retain, then move on week to week, as opposed to repeating the same song for three, four weeks, mm-hmm. you know, up to a month. And now you've got, now, now the parent has paid another month's tuition going over one song. But why? Because they didn't go home and practice at least 30 minutes a day, even five minutes a day, something. Open the book. They probably didn't even take the book off the car. You know, or the paper, whatever it is. They take it out of the glove box or wherever it's at, and they walk off and come to class. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, like, gotten to the point now where today I did this, tried this new thing, teaching. Like, I started teaching at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, which kind of hurt because of how late we were out last night, but it's all good. And uh, so I started teaching at 11 o'clock. I probably had, like, 10 lessons today or something like that. That's long anyway, long. 10 voice lessons. But um, anyway, and all I did... All day. I think I only worked on a song with one student who was actually ready to work on a song. Like, her technique was great. It was amazing. She's been working at it. Like, it's it's there. Now we can sing this Adele song. <laughs> like, but, uh, and that's awesome. But every other student, I was like, well, the technique's not there yet. We're going to do 30 minutes of vocalizing. Because, I mean, like, and, and I need it too. Like, I called you know, my voice coach and... Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I need him to kick my butt for 45 minutes to an hour and it's nothing but vocalizing because I've developed all these bad habits singing in bars. So it's, yeah, not, you know, repetition. And, and, well, it goes back to doing stuff outside the room. Like, you you went home. Like, you're done with college. Like, you're not, you're not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not obligated to try to better yourself singing because... For the most part, a lot of people don't hear the mistakes. Like I'm like, what are you talking about, Eddie? I have no idea what you're talking about. Even like, you know, we're there, but you know what you're supposed to do and sound like, or whatever, whatever the whatever idea is. So 
you go home and you practice. And that's the point. Like, these kids, their parents, like, they think they're superstars. Like, ah, oh, man, okay. So there's another parent that I know. Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back and forth and challenge. Because it's, I, cause I see it every day. Especially knowing a 15-year-old, knowing a 7-year-old, knowing a few 16 you know, knowing these kids that are going through life. And with what I've learned in 2016 as far as leading and wanting to develop human beings, it's like it starts with leadership. It starts with parents. And in that case, it, you know, it starts with the parents. It starts with coaches. It starts with teachers. And even dealing with teachers, like, that's going to be a whole other podcast. But for the few, just a few classes that I've studied, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there's, they have to do so much. And it's so crazy to me. They don't have time to lead. They, they, they're not given the proper time and things and, like, a, like things that they, they're the right tools to then properly lead the class as opposed to, okay, learn this, pass a test, and move on. You know, the stupid tar- star test. I, I'm very against the, uh, what's it called? Like standardized, standardized test. Yeah, testing. standardized testing. Same. I'm very against it. And I remember doing, in college, I did a paper. It was like a five-page paper. Like just all, and all it was just, ba- well, not bashing because it, it had to be facts on it. But I'll never forget. I still have it on my computer. But I'll never forget that I did that because I, even now, I, and now I see it more firsthand with, my, with family members that are, or younger family members that are taking these tests. Like, it's dumb. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, does that really constitute... Or does that really give you the uh, even? Does that even to me? Does that even give you a fifty percent perception of how kids really are, or what kids really need? Um, there was this one kid yesterday. He, he, he did the work, but he, you know, gets stay on him. <clears throat> and but like I could see him like he was like dan like dancing in his seat basically. You know, he didn't have headphones on. He didn't have a phone out. But he was dancing. I'm like I bet you that kid would be a bad like if his parents would let him. I bet you his dad doesn't let him dance because he's because he's a part because he's a kid. He's a boy. He's like no, you, you he's part like you should be playing football or basketball or something. As opposed to letting them dance, like yeah, if he's good at it, you make a career up dancing. People do it every day. You know, that's artistic. It's artistic. You know, people do that. There's school for that. You know, and but it goes back to leadership. It goes back to the top. It goes back to the top. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Man, cliche, but life is too insignificant and way too short to not do what you want to do. Yeah. People are like, oh, I'm so upset at this job. I'm like, well, why are you upset? Oh, because because it takes this much time or because of these people or because of something else. I'm like, okay, well, then quit. I'm like, what else can you do? It's like, well, I, I got my degree in this and this and that. It's like, well, I have a business degree. I'm playing music and I have two other jobs that have nothing. I, 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 use what I, I, use them as to, I use my degree as tools, but I don't direct. I'm not a manager of a store. I'm not, I'm not even a manager of a band. I help Eddie run the band. You know, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I use a lot of tools, but I'm not the manager and I don't try to because that's not my spot I, I le- during when I worked retail in college I learned that I learned my place I learned where I, I learned where I belonged in the system and even now like working with middle school kids I'm very comfortable working with middle school kids as opposed to elementary and then the egotistical high school kids mm-hmm. where they know everything so you should hire them now hire all the hire all the teenagers just yeah. for clarification when I say life is insignificant I'm I'm okay like just like in the grand scheme of things like being here on a planet with what is it seven billion people he's like eight now ah jesus yeah (sighs) that was quick yeah (laughs) it was seven billion like five seconds ago anyway like being here with you know that many people and then on this small little planet in this small little solar system, in this small little galaxy that there's millions upon millions of, not even millions, infinite, infinite other galaxies. 
as far as we know that the universe is expanding constantly so like just thinking about that it's just there's so much out there and we're just this tiny little speck that happens to be here and have life and we like can think and have thoughts and do podcasts and it's freaking nuts what i thought about the other day actually looking up i was like I mean, it sounds maybe cliche too but looking up at the, scar- at the stars because one thing that came to mind i'm like imagine if every star was a sun and it, it it's ending at that moment and by the time we see it it's already passed yeah it's already yeah it's already it's already the past yeah oh love yeah. it yeah it's good space is cool Pluto needs to be reinstated as a planet, by the way. Not a, not like to completely change the subject, but if you, anyone listening, if you have not seen this documentary that's been playing like on Nat Geo or Science Channel, whatever it is, um, it's the story of the Pluto mission, and it took us like nine years, I think, if I remember correctly, to get the Pluto, all just to take like, like pictures. But now we have like all these pictures of Pluto, and it has like like a geographically active, you know, uh, surface or whatever, whatever the hell that means. But it sounds cool when you say it. But anyway, all this to say that we're just super insignificant. And so to think like you just have to wake up and go to a shitty job that you hate, like that's that's sad. Like why would you waste any time doing anything you didn't want to do? Unless it helped you into doing what right, you want to do. Get there, right. You know? I think sometimes that, that happens. Like that whole thing about reaching rock bottom. Maybe maybe going to your shitty job isn't necessarily rock bottom, but sometimes that's what sparks people to do what they really want to do, or it makes them realize that that job isn't what they want to do. So I, I I do agree that you know sometimes or that people shouldn't do what they don't want to do. Sometimes it's doing that that makes them realize they don't want to do it. That's fair. I guess, like, also sometimes you got to do, like, what you have to do, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Like, you got to yeah. pay bills. Well, also, na- naivety, I feel like, has something to do with it. Because I know when I was a senior and I worked, I worked at Pizza Hut for, like, a month, two, maybe two months. And, but I learned, I learned by then, I learned a good two weeks in, I'm like, okay, I never want to work food again. I don't want to be a waiter. I don't want to be a host. I don't want to work as a cook. I learned that. I never went back. I haven't worked food since. Okay. Fast forward to uh, college. Get a job in retail, become a supervisor, key holder, whatever. And then by the time I got done with that, because I my last year of college, I just all I did was focus on school, because I was just so done. I was ready to just graduate, so I quit. And I was I was allowed to quit because I I did, I made I made my work. I let my work, which was gigging at already. I was already gigging, so I let that work pay for my costs that I that I minimized, so I can you know quit my retail job, but. I knew that I never wanted to work retail again, and now while I still I do we do sales. I mean, technically we you know we're doing we play shows. We have to we have to promote that. We have to do things on online, um, social media, and whatnot. Brian's starting. He's gonna start his his thing. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna hope gonna be a, an investor as well. But I learned that I never wanted to learn to work retail. But in order to learn, you don't want to do something. You have to do it, and then you realize it. Now for those that oh I hate my job, well then quit. And that's what Eddie's talking about. And that's where Brian said you know like. Like you need that to know what you want to do next. At, at least, at very minimum, at least do it. Find out you don't like it, and then move on. Now, there's a lot of people that get a certain degree or whatever, and then they go into that field and they don't like it. Yeah. Peter Tia did that. He went. He started. Uh, he wanted to get a PhD in I don't know astrophysics or something like that. Either way, that that was his goal. Ended up going to med school. Then he quit med school. 
And then he went back and finished. Like it, he, because at that moment, it's like, man, like I don't want to do this. Fine. And he quit. He and he. It, it to me, at least the way he made it sound. Maybe it took some time, like in relative, you know, in relative to months, or maybe even a year. But the way he made he made his decision sound was that it was just instant. He's like, no, I don't want to do this. And then he, and he didn't. And then he, you know, he's doing what he's doing now. But I'm just talking about transitioning from job to job, which is what you're talking about. I guess the other thing too that I was just thinking as you were saying that was like, does anyone really sign up for a job or like go to a like start a job thinking like I'm gonna absolutely fucking hate this, like it's gonna be terrible, like I don't I don't I don't think I've ever known anyone that necessarily had that train of thought going into a job. I I, I have to agree. I I can't think of anything off the top. I guess of my head. like you don't like realize it sucks until you start doing it, and that's when what Brian said would kick in. Yeah. The Sometimes doing it makes you realize you don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, how do you know you don't like broccoli? <laughs> you have to try it first. Oh, man. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I like broccoli. For the record, I didn't like it until I tried it. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> it's good. I've, uh, I, the other thing I also think about is, like, the, um, the progression of, uh, like, I guess, the mindsets of different, um, you know, generations of societies, right? Like, so we have like World War II happen, and then you know people come back, and it's kind of all about, you know, um, you know security and you know white picket fence and and that kind of lifestyle kind of thing, right? Like your security, you've got your job, your nine to five that you go to, and you come back home. Your wife's at home taking care of the kids. And that's life, right? Secure, you're stable, you're good, and that's what you try to pass on to your kids at that point, right? And then we get this whole counterculture revolution of you know summer of 69 and then going into the 70s and then and you know people who just want to live free and not worry about financial security or anything like that right so they're just living how they want to live and you know like despite all you know what society tells them to be and then i guess recycle that into a generation that you know my parents that grew up being raised to be secure and financially stable but then in turn they raised me to do what I want to do and pursue my dreams and my passions, regardless of the you know security outcome, you know. So it's uh, and and maybe that's like the thing with like with our generation too now, the millennial generation. It's like are we are we more pursuing our dreams because you know like that's what we want to do, or are we pursuing security? So and, I, and maybe that question isn't answered yet. Maybe it's still in the in the works. It's developing. I know for me, I'd rather be doing something I like than something that's going to make me secure. Because I was pretty financially secure, bartending, barbacking, working the service industry job in accordance, of course, with working the security job, and I was able to live off of that, um, very okay, and still be able to save up for a record and and do all the things I wanted to do with that. So, um, you know, but I mean, I wasn't necessarily happy barbacking. It was fun, but it's not something I'd want to do for the rest of my life. Was it fun retrospectively, or was it fun when you were there? Both. Okay. I was just, it's just a question, because, well, I talk about retrospect all the time now, because it's like, okay, this was, this happened, this, whatever X happened, you know, two months ago, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Well, yeah, because it's two months ago, it's already in the past. You know, we, we, it's, we can't do anything about that particular situation. So that's why, that's the reason why I'm asking. Yeah. I barred back one night, and it was fun only retrospectively. <laughs> I remember you. T- actually, I still remember that because you take me like, dude, like, because like, you, I knew you were doing that job, or whatever, and he's, you're like, you would hate it. I was like, and, you, and then the next day you like tell me about it. I'm like, oh my, like, okay, you did this wrong, did this, you know, not necessarily wrong, but I just would do it differently, you know, obviously, yeah. just do it differently. Because even by then, I was heavy into like the supervising and having a team under me, and you know, 
being able to deal with that, you know, early on. Yeah, I didn't have any college. supervisors. <laughs> it was just like, do it. Go. And I was like, do what? <laughs> but, yeah. Man, I guess the other thing, though, you know, like what made the barback job and the security job a lot of fun was, one, the security job, I mean, good friend was, like, my supervisor more than half the time. So I was like, I'm working amongst, like, one of my best pals and kind of, in a sense, for him. So, I mean, that was always fun, and we always came away from every night with a good story. Good story. So, yeah, and there was that. And um, in bar backing, I was also working with um, my good pals, right? So I was, like, working with them, and then the managers were awesome for the most part, and the coworkers were badass, super cool people. We all got along super well for the most part. So it's, there was nothing really negative about the job experience, except that sometimes my coworkers would really, really want to talk about politics. And, and yeah. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> says enough. what's our two rules? Don't talk about politics or religion in the workplace. And it seems like no one follows that anymore. Like, it yeah. seems like it's, but it's like an our generation thing. Like, it seems like it's yeah. a millennial thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not scared to talk about politics and religion for whatever reason i mean i totally agree like i don't i don't feel comfortable talking about that in the workplace at all or any yeah. place that we have to be professional no i don't want to talk about that man it, ru- uh, it, it can ruin the mood in an instant yes and it just ruins and not just for the moment but yeah, yeah for a while it could be for a while well and uh one of the times this happened was um this was around the time that uh the you know police videos the police doing something you know quote wrong um, you know, all those videos were going viral, and then one popped up from this cop in McKinney, the uh, the pool one, the pool incident, where, um, you know, I guess, like, some, like, kids, like, got into a neighborhood that's, like, not theirs, and, like, got into the, the pool and, like, threw a party, whatever, and okay. uh, and the residents of the neighborhood complained and called the cops, and this cop shows up, and... And you know, does a barrel roll and freaking. You know, oh, I did hear about that. Okay, no, you know, and, and like, and that. totally throws, or maybe not throws. I mean, it's kind of harsh. But so, it, eventually, it gets to him getting this sixteen-year-old girl or teenage girl, whatever how old she was, like on the ground in in a in a pretty violent way. I mean, like, do I know if it was called for? Hell no, I'm not gonna make that call. You know, I don't know what, what the heck was going on for sure, and I'll have to watch the video again. But um. But anyway, and you know, people were really upset about that, and they were immediately calling it, he's a racist, he's a pig, he's a racist, you know, whatever. And uh, so this one girl um, that, that I was working with at the bar, you know, like she had brought that up, and I'm over here like, well, I mean, like, you don't even like know the guy. Like, I mean, like how, how could you just kind of go off the fact that, oh, he's a racist? Yeah. Because he threw this, you know, African-American girl to the ground. And I was like, maybe he's like just doing his job. Right. Well, maybe he would have done the same to a white girl or a Hispanic right. girl or yeah, whatever. Like, but and she like was not having what I thought was a rational thought, and it's like I don't like going to that assumption. Like I don't know this dude. So, um, but anyway, that was her thought, and she was like just super, super distraught and like offended that that I would even think differently. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's a, that's a millennial thing too. Yeah, and then, um, and then when I was talking, uh, like me and, um, you know, even though he lives in Nashville, I live here. We talk like you know, uh, twice a week on the phone or whatever, catch up and like talk about life and whatever, what's going on. So he was telling me that uh, that, that girl, of course, is still working there, and they were talking about about that or whatever. And she tells him like. I can't believe that Eddie, a Hispanic guy, is racist. <laughs> like, what? And he's like, where would you get that? And then she tells him the story of, oh, well, we were talking about that cop in McKinney, Texas or whatever, and then he, like, slammed that girl to the ground, and he didn't, like, think it was a bad thing. I was like, that's not what I said. 
But, but see how yeah. you can change like perception through words. Like you change it, instantly. She changed what you said. So if it's not recorded, it's like, oh, Eddie said this, and he's wrong. Like you know that that's terrible. That, that Eddie can think that. It's like it's like, are you human? It's like yes, I'm human. Like that's dumb. Right. <laughs> right. Like, no, it's nuts. Sense. It blew my mind. I was like, it was kind of sense. like just distraught hearing that. I was like, how did she get to that conclusion? Yeah. But but uh, I, well, I will always argue that people want to hear what they want to hear. Yes, absolutely. And it's yeah. terrible, but that's what it is. Now going back to the cop thing. Before you do it, has the um, the perfect uh, word for this outrage porn. I've never heard of this, but he said outrage porn, and I was like, that's perfect to describe <laughs> this. Anyway, go ahead with your thought. Well, going back to the police thing, I'm, I was uh, going to bring up uh, Scott Reitz, the, Tim, the Sam Harris podcast, the SWAT officer. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like where he he, he talked about at some point uh, where you know because now he does court cases and whatnot at least during that during that podcast he does court cases and he helps the LAPD you know defend the department if they're in the right or just you know mitigate you know the trial you know as best he can to help the department but uh, he was talking about like you know when he's on a stand and a lawyer and an attorney asks him oh Mr. Reitz like in this in situation I in switch situation A you what would you what would you do so then. <clears throat> From there, he gives him his, okay, this is what I would do and all that. But you can't base it off of just his experience. Now, he, now Scott Reitz is a 40-year veteran or something like that off SWAT, you know, L.A. SWAT and whatnot. And uh, so because of that, Scott would do something different as opposed to someone who's brand new on the line, just finished the academy a month ago, and will then tackle the girl because, oh, he doesn't. And then in addition to that, like Scott talks about, uh, one of the other cops says, well, what does a bad what does a bad guy look like? Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, and now I mean, we're gonna go into like you know we can go into a different tangent. But my my point is like that officer if he if he wasn't trained or whatever, hopefully he will be now. And hope you know I'm pretty sure it's taken care of now. I mean it obviously hasn't. It's not back. Let's not get to the news. This was a while back, right? Like yeah, this was at least a year and a half ago. Okay, so it was, it was a good while back. <clears throat> but just my point of like Scott Reitz, like when you talk about like you know when you take certain things to court. You can't, uh, you can't just think, oh, this person does the same thing. No, like, no, you don't have the same experience. A one-year guy is, does not have the same, even knowledge from a book that uh, Scott Reach would have, who has forty years in the in the force, yeah, know, helping the LAPD. Um, so I always bring that back because a lot of people, like, whenever I talk to other people about like certain, now that the whole like cop thing is like a world, you know, a nationwide like quote unquote issue, it's like no, no, like I, I would like a lot everybody to listen to Sam Harris interview Scott Reed so they can get at least a better idea and be open-minded because the cool thing about Sam Harris is that he's anti-gun and he owns a gun and Sam Reed trains him and Sam Reed is a 40-year veteran for LAPD so um, you want some perspective be open-minded in that perspective not not open-minded oh I'm always, oh, I'm progressive but yet I'm super liberal so I'm not gonna like listen to your opinion it's like what well, that's not what we're talking that's not what we're here for and that's not what I'm here for in this podcast so no, that's a great suggestion too that's a great episode yeah yeah Cause I wouldn't have heard that without Eddie giving that to me. So, and I, now I listen to it, you know, every so often. Cause like, okay, I need to go back. Cause I want to, you know, re, retain, retain. I want to retain what I, what you know, what I'm hearing. Repetition, repetition, yeah. repetition. And maybe once every couple of months or whatever. But sometimes it comes up like, man, like some maybe an incident happened. So then I'll go back to that podcast. And I, I'm not gonna. It's so hard to Google things because everything's on Google now. So I'd rather just listen to Scott Reitz, who has first, you know, firsthand experience in the situ in different situations. At least he gives an idea of what it's like in general and he does he is able to explain 
why you should own a gun or why you know why certain cops will do certain things versus some other cops and whatnot. And he also was very open to the fact that there's some bad cops out there. I and mean, there are racist cops. There are cops who, you know, mistreat the badge and whatnot. So then he doesn't disagree with that. He just given his pr- perspective because he's been in the force for 40 years. Yeah. I love what um, – so Victor Wooten, um, bass player, Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones, amongst other things, Wooten Brothers, right? Huge, like, yeah, he's awesome. Anyway, Victor Wooten gave a commencement speech at some – college i can't even remember the name but anyway it's like a 20 minute speech if you can find it online he's like playing bass and he's doing his speech at the same time and it's like one of the coolest things ever just to be able to do that but um his speech was very profound especially with uh the one part where he's talking about you know the news and you know it has a lot of negative you know negative things in it and um and that really strikes and and stands out to us it hits a nerve right and people get really outraged over all this stuff. So people get really outraged over the police thing, right? Like very quickly, you know, like very massively. Well, what Victor Wooten says about the, the negative news, he goes, like, it stands out to us because we know it's not normal because that's not what we see every day because it doesn't happen every day. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not a naturally occurring thing. It's a very once in God knows how long, you know, circumstance, you know. So it's one of those things gotta like take that into consideration whenever something does happen it's like well it doesn't happen that that often so do we really have a problem or is you you're just you know something that doesn't naturally occur a lot you know i don't know strikes a certain nerve yeah i i don't watch the news or at least i try not to and i'm i'm now forever grateful for my parents never getting cable at home because it'd probably be worse for me i think because even when I, I'll, I'll be out and it's like, oh, did you hear this on the news? Like, nope, I didn't hear it. I don't want to hear it. More more than likely, I don't want to hear it. More than likely, it's something negative. Someone died. Someone, something happened. It's like, no, why? Why are you going to push, why'd you, why are you going to put your subconscious through that torture? Yeah. You know, not only that, but I find it very hard to trust anything, like literally almost anything I hear about anything. Sure. Like uh, when a CNN comes out with a statistic or whatever, like I'm just kind of like, I don't like statistics, man. Like I think they could, you know, they're very easily manipulated. And, and, and I guess like part of that is like I got to stop being so paranoid and I got to give someone the benefit of the doubt. But like, you know, how many times do we get a wrong statistic or a, a falsely reported story or, you know, a biased news story, which is always. So it's like I can't, I don't feel like I can trust anything anymore. It's nuts. The um, the only news source that I actually will watch, um, only for a little bit though, because it gets kind of boring because it's not biased. But um, own news network. It's like One America News. It's uh, I don't know how many like cable providers or satellite providers like actually have it in their listing, but it's on um, AT and T Uverse, which is what I got at home. So um, and they literally do their stories like five sentences. Only facts, no opinions, we're out. That's it. Next story. So you'll get like 30 stories like, you know, a right. day or whatever from that, and it's just all factual. They tell you what you need to know, what happened, that's it. And then, of course, they have their, like, their programs where they have their opinion stuff come on or whatever. They have right. their, uh, their TV personalities do their shindig about Donald Trump or about Hillary Clinton or whatever. But, yeah. Other than that, I don't trust shit. Yeah. One thing that I get, and I'll probably get more, they'll probably like pull me from social media, which might be a good thing. 
But like I see a lot of local news. Like you know how like Channel Four and Channel Five like they both have like like the seven like the minute at the one minute news at this hour. Like they give you like one little update per. And like before you head out the door, by the way, someone crashed and died. And people don't realize that that affects their day. Because the last thing you heard before you left your home where you sleep every night is that someone died. Man, that's depressing. And exactly, it very much is. And because, and, I, and I, I don't watch the news enough, but when I do, that always happens. I'm like, that's terrible. Like, why, are you leave, why are you leaving the people who work eight to fives? That's, I think that's a, it's at least a contribution to why they're so depressed. Because they leave their house every morning at 730 and at 7:25, when the new, when that one minute, that one minute little excerpt comes out, it's that oh, there's a crash. Oh, someone from jail did this, or someone did this, or did whatever, something bad, something negative. And so they walk out, and they're in their car, and they they drive to work, and they start their day. But that was the last thing they heard before they left their house. You know, it kind of freaks me out though when we see so much of it that we're numb to it. Like I'm completely numb to that. Like that won't affect me. At yeah. least I think. Like I'm just super numb to it. Well, see, you know? I. Well, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, it, but the thing is, your brain processes everything. So it's in your subconscious as soon as you hear it. That's fair. That's my, that's my only point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to make, is that it's, it's there. Your, your brain processes every, all your senses. It, I mean, that's why you have five senses, right? So it processes everything. And until you die, until your brain stops functioning, your brain processes every single thing. So that's my only point. I feel at some point... If you do it every day and you leave your house every day around the same time because you watch that little excerpt every morning, that's build up. Ima- okay, imagine a thirty person working thirty years the same job, eight to five, watches the news every morning before they leave during breakfast, and they say, like, "Oh, overnight news. So oh, this person crashed. Oh, this person committed suicide. Oh, this person shot themselves. Oh, this person shot somebody." There and was another like mass shooting or another school shooting. Mm-hmm. Someone got an AR-15. Yeah. Whatever. Right. That's my that's my only point to this like to this point of, or this part of the you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it does make an impact. I feel like it at some point, whether you think so or not, <clears throat> it's it stays there. You know your brain your brain retains everything whether you whether you remember it in your long term or short term uh, memory. It's there, it's there forever. That's fair. And it won't get out. I mean, unless you think about it, of course, you know it won't get out. But I feel like I think about a lot of life issues. A lot of the time, so like a lot of that, that, that stuff it hits me. So when I when I do watch that one day that I wake up early, or that I'm up early, but I'm watching news at that particular time, it's like oh, it's like man, turn it off. Like what? Why? You know what? What's that? What's that going to do for my day? But again, like our generation is just so addicted to what calls my terms as outrage porn. I love that term. I can't I can't get enough of that <laughs> term. What, what is it's so accurate? What, like what? It just, you know, it's like just people want a new thing to happen so they can be outraged about something. Okay, okay. And then, that's, that's and, something like yeah. what is your definition? And then, uh, yeah, so, so yeah. You, people want to hear like the next like crazy ass story that comes on the news because they want to go online and argue about it because it feeds to the ego and it feeds to the narcissism, and so you don't want to like you know post a political status online or whatever for the sake of people agreeing with you. Horse shit if you post for people to agree with you. You know, it's like, oh, my God, people just, like, they, they just want that debate. And then there's people that say, like, oh, I want the debate because I want to see the perspective. Bullshit, because you're calling this other person that's disagreeing with you a little shit, you know? Yeah, like, or racist or something. Like, something like, like that. Yeah, something, yeah, something, 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 horseshit, like man. Yeah. You just want to fucking argue. Join the debate team. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, not every that's a very, you know, like, uh, General, harsh generalization. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, 
Take it if that applies to you. <laughs> you know, if the if the shoe if fits. The shoe fits. Yeah. We're in Texas. If the boot fits. <laughs> Head over boots. God bless. <laughs> okay, people. It's not that I hate that song. It's just we've heard it a lot <laughs> now. We've heard it again and again and again and again. Let's hear new things. We're on like the terms of music and talking about our generation and and all this living that we're doing. Um, Casey Musgraves' song, the one that hits me, just like uh, pulls the heartstrings. The it is what it is. Oh yeah, oh that's my good one. god, that's from like her first record. Like first yeah. record, right? Such a great song about such hookups. a great girl. Brian, bring up something. It, it doesn't have to be relevant. Just something, something that has got your curiosity. I mean, you know, I know you've been doing like the yeah, like the, lately my mind's just kind of been on this the drop e-commerce yeah. deal, and it's it's crazy to me how like I don't know I don't know what drives these people because I I've kind of in my research I've come upon uh, uh, videos by many different people and a lot of these people make a full time job out of it and they're making like six-figure salaries off of e-commerce and and just basically um either private labeling products or just reselling products and i don't know because these are these are all the majority of these people would fall under the millennial category so i don't know if if like i said it like it's a generational thing or or what is the what is that factor that 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 it makes these people decide I wanna, you know, I wanna do this for a living and and stay home or or maybe they do it because they want a more flexible work schedule, and um, I've I've kind of been wondering why why they do what they do, like what their their um what their their driving force is. At least for me, wanting to get into this is just just have another source of income um to later fund other little other business not little but other business ventures you know um i want to take small steps to 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 get to that that final goal Mm -hmm. but uh, these people it looks like they're comfortable where they're at and they just open up several stores several online stores like they'll do one for one product and they'll do another for another product and and sometimes they do seasonal things and they'll move on from one product to another and but it's all e-commerce, and for me, it's—I know it's not—it's not a permanent thing. It's you know, I want to just raise some money and move on. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier, you know, like doing things that you may not necessarily want to do, or um, maybe you enjoy it, maybe you don't, whatever. But all to get to the grander thing that you actually want to do. Right. Like you know, I'm like teaching and substitute teaching and teaching music lessons and anything and everything to make some extra cash, move furniture, bar bag, work venue security even though i'm like the scrawniest 145 pound person ever so it's like yeah but all for the grander you know thing which for me is to just be able to write songs that express <clears throat> my outlook on life that maybe other people will relate to and we can just kind of you know sing those songs every night and just have a connection with people but yeah. sorry i went too far on that but yeah no you're good. I, think, I think that's fine that's fine <clears throat> yeah that was really loud. 
Sorry, I'm just thinking to like. <laughs> still wondering why why these people do what they do. Um, is it a generational thing to want to not work for the man and just be your own boss and and you know? I think that's relative now because our parents told us to do like to do what follow our dreams. Yeah, yeah, follow your dreams, which came over that they saw the thing, whatever. But um, it's ver- it's very much an us thing. I do wonder how that will affect the next generation. Like these kids that are in school right now. I um, almost feel like because like when Eddie was talking about this earlier, I almost feel like it might just be a pattern. You know, one generation or or a couple generations um, aim for that safe, stable route, and then the following generations aim for a more. Um, you know, follow your dreams, kind of um, throwing caution to the wind type of deal. And then the following wants to aim for a more stable lifestyle again. So will the generation after us see our generation as too, you know, too out there, too risky, too, 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 well, risk risk adversity. I think is good. It's a good. That's a good way. To risky, like taking risk. Yeah. So then they'll want to be more stable and find a secure lifestyle, and then the next one will be. I don't want to be secure, and then you know. Yeah, where it just kind of comes yeah, back and this forth. Cycle just that's interesting. Happening. Because I do think that uh, remember. Well, that actually, t- kind of ties into what I was talking about. I've talked about this a little bit with you. I know I'm talking with Brian. As far as like vocational schools coming back. And there's people that are investing right now, like in a few yeah, years, yeah. like they're gonna. It, that's gonna be the thing. Before it was college, we caught we. And funny, the crazy thing is that we caught the tail end of this college like thing. Like, oh, you need a degree to get a job. By the time we got our degree, everybody had a job. And so, and now the thing is that because we, in general, millennials want the manager managerial positions. There's now no one to work the front lines, and that's why I think. It's going to go back to vocational schools. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, that takes me all the way back to, um, like, graduating high school. Like, so for my parents, uh, for our parents, like, uh, you know, from where we come from and, and, and all that, um, you know, it's a big deal to graduate high school. Like, it's just incredible for our parents and our generation if you graduated high school. Like, amazing. You're doing awesome. Good job. Right? And then, like, so to my parents, it was a big deal as well that I graduated high school. To me, I was just like... I know I'm going to graduate. I mean, there, I'm not going to not graduate. I know. It's like, what, like what, what What? did you expect? I, I, yeah. I, I know yeah. I definitely felt like that. Cause I, don't, we, I think at some point, me and Brian had to have talked about that. Like, like we're like, oh, we graduated high school. Like, oh, my God, congrats. Like, yeah, like, what What was like, what else was yeah. I going to do? Everyone I went to school every day. Uh, you know, we were in band or orchestra. We were doing extra right. things. You know, we were we were engaged. Like, it's like, but then but then you get those, I mean, you get the kids, even our, even millennials that, you know, they dropped out or whatever, that, that's still there. You know, it's still very much a thing that when hopefully you know if, if they have kids and they go through high school it's like oh my god mijito like great job you know like good job for graduating high school it's like and their kids will be like what do you mean like you're supposed to graduate high school you know that, that's kind of like the thing because a lot of these people that you know they have blue collar jobs that then work their life and they they now understand that you know they want their best for their kids you know that's when the cycle begins i think 
So like I know for my kid, you know, I I want him to be, I want him to be the smartest kids and the smartest kid. It's depending that they can that they can possibly be, like only they can choose. Like if you can instill into them at, the, at a young age to just be their best. Like right now we're starting a challenge at the exercise gym I work at, and it was like oh like it, it, it's great to have competition between each other. But I told him like if you beat yourself in a in like in a progressive way, you will win anyways. I'm like that should be your goal. And then you know of course like half of them like oh you, you know, they probably think I'm full of crap and stuff right? so, which is fine it's not a big deal because the main thing is that it's a challenge between each other blah blah you know it creates competition which makes them want to uh, in the end better themselves but like but if you beat your scores this next time then you're already doing better like why you know I I don't quite you know maybe I don't want to understand but I don't understand um, going beyond that like you know bettering yourself for you you know doing that yeah and if you do that you're more than likely able to help others, you know, do be- help them do better for themselves. Well, I guess it's like it's necessary to draw like comparisons though, right? I mean, to some extent, in a healthy extent. Like I remember um like when okay, so like Florida Georgia line and like I mean they're still around, but like back when like American Aquarium and the band American Aquarium from from North Carolina. It's like really like, you know, they're really like huge in the Texas scene now and and all that and they're doing really well now. Um, so I think this is like last year, a couple of years ago. So uh, the dude from American Aquarium, the front man, BJ Barham, his name. He made this post, I guess, about like Florida Georgia Line, or like uh, you know that he remembered when one time American Aquarium was playing in Florida, and that those dudes opened for him, and then now that like you know look where Florida Georgia Line is now, right? Yeah. They're like way beyond like as far as like popularity goes. Like I mean they mainstream yeah. popularity, and stuff, yeah, right. like way bigger than American Aquarium, right? And I guess so he got some beef about that or whatever, and so he made this response post about you know it's like he's like you know for people like calling me out that I'm jealous, he's like, yeah. I did, of course I'm jealous like like every you know band wants that success that they have like you know like you can't help but look at that and want that for yourself like that's a healthy you know necessary part of jealousy right and and competition that you need um, you know to be able to you know get better or right. have the motivation yeah. right, to be better right, right. right so but I guess with that being said you know it goes back to the only person you need to be better than was the one you were yesterday yes so it, you know I guess in the end like you need that surrounding competition. But as long as you're bettering yourself, I mean, the competition doesn't really matter. And sometimes it's competition that forces you to be better than yourself. Yeah. So I think I I don't want this to sound like wrong, but sometimes like I I do believe that in some situations there's a necessary evil. And I say that because like Donald Trump. Just kidding. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but. Um, yeah, sometimes it's that necessary evil that, that pushes you further or that makes you realize, hey, like, I hate my job. <laughs> I need to do something else. Or, you know, whatever whatever it may be, depending on the situation. So, um, not that competition is, a nece- is, a, is an evil at all, but, you know, sometimes you need that push to better yourself. And if it's not coming from inside, then it's an external value, external factor that's going to, gonna get that done yeah the good things aren't very good without the bad yeah can't have God without the devil can't have the devil without God kind of thing I don't know yeah no it's the same thing going back to Andy's favorite word of dichotomy yeah it's the ultimate dichotomy if you can 
beat yourself first. Like beat who you were yesterday first. And then and then let the competition around you be second. I think that's a better priority list than the other way around. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. That's so tough. Like I, I'd say it's tough because of the people that we know that we talk to that we interact. Older or younger or our age <coughs> that they're not there yet and you hope that they don't take too long to figure figure certain things out not everything out no you never figure everything out but you figure certain things out at hopefully earlier times and not the sooner the better that's for sure do you guys ever wonder if this whole millennial thing isn't really a different thing is there any possibility that is, that it is a different thing? Because, I mean, like, what has not been done? You know, like, if you're going to go off of that thought, it's like, okay, well, we had the, the baby boomers and then the, you know, and then the hippies and then, you know, back to, you know, whatever the next thing well, was. It will be the 80s after the hippies. Well, like, you go back to the 80s. You go back to the 80s. kind of like a mesh, a disco era. It's all that stuff. Just yeah, like, is the... Experimentation. Is the only difference that, you know, that, that just just that technology is way more involved now in our lives and that we happen to 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 grow up during the new millennium but other than that like right because it's like have we all you know have we been yeah because why is it generation x y and z and then millennials i don't know just because we grew up through the and new then millennium. we what ran out of letters where's a b where's a through whatever it is before x we're doing a podcast about millennials, and we don't know the categories. <laughs> I'm, like, stuck on baby boomers and hippies, and I got nothing Oh, yeah, else. no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm saying, well, I know, yeah, right, but I'm saying as far as, <clears throat> like, Generation A. Why is there no Generation A? Why is there no Generation B? Why is it X, Y, and Z? Like, why is it the end of the alphabet? I, I, maybe we could do more research. I'll do research and come bring that back next week, but I didn't think about it until right now. I'm like, wait a minute. It's only X, Y, and Z. Why? How did we, how did how did whoever created X and Y and Z come about? You know, starting with X, like hmm. the X Gen, whatever, whatever, whatever that is. And it's like, Gen X. Like, well, where's A through, whatever that, that is, W. Maybe it's. Uh, I mean, I, maybe the millennial generation gets so much shit because we're, I guess, caught in our twenties now, mm-hmm. right? And so we're. Well, okay, go ahead. I mean. I mean, like, okay, where are we getting all the shit from? We're getting it from older generations, right? right? But they're so much more experienced than us. And they're so much more, like, wiser than us. You know what I mean? Yeah. More wise, more wiser. I don't know if that grammatically makes they're, sense. They're wiser yeah. through time, because of time. Because, because of time and experience that we don't have that they do. So, and yet we get all, you know, the, the negative, negative fuss from them about us and then it's like well man we're all just here we're all learning we're all just trying to make the best of it so you know yeah we're trying to deal with what yeah. we got you know and who's to say that won't happen with the next generation we'll be the ones criticizing them and, Dude, and, s- and in some sense I kind of already am that person because then I see when we like substituting middle schools and elementary schools like right. y- these kids have like iPhones and like Snapchats <laughs> and it's like what the hell are we raising you yeah. know I am scared I see these eighth graders, seventh graders, and the way they talk too. It's not. I'm not talking about profanity. I'm talking about what they're thinking, and their thought processes to certain things. That I'm like, dear lord. 
what is going to happen next. Well, even like, okay, so Brian, you've been bringing up technology a lot. Like one thing I noticed the other day when I was subbing for a third grade class, I took them to the library for the uh, last part of the day as it was um, set to do on my schedule. And so we're at the library, and it's a library in an elementary school, you know, pre-K through five. Right. And this library has iPads in it where the kids go and like log into and like search for books, get information on the book or whatever, and then they take their AR tests on iPads now. And they all know how to work it. I mean, obviously, right? Like, they all know how to work it and get around it. They know how to troubleshoot when something goes wrong. They know how to, like, fix a problem, like, better than I would. Like, wow. it's, it scares me. But, like, but, you know, we're saying, like, we grew up with technologies. Like, do we really, like, we grew up with the advancement of it. Like, you know, it exponentially yeah. just advanced on us really fast. And for them, they're just kind of, like, you're, like, born and you know what the Internet is. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's nuts. Well, that's where, because we're the first generation to, like, live through the creation of the technology and the internet. Yeah. Like, even, like, my younger brother, who's fixing to graduate high school now, he has, we were talking about this the other day, he has no recollection of what dial-up internet is. And I'm just like, dude, how do you not have <laughs> recollection of dial-up? And he was like, I don't know, I, was like, I only remember having Wi-Fi. And I was like, you're nuts, man. There was a time where if you wanted to get on the internet, like, that was, like, that's your afternoon. Like, yeah. <laughs> get off the phone. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. It's crazy to think about where it's going to go, man. And, like, uh, well, okay, so I got a lot of beef um, for this. So doing the uh, substitute certification thing, and then uh, we did that, and then you get all the way to the application, which is another just heap of an advancement <laughs> and it takes forever and then we finally get hired by the school board and then you have to attend an in-service that's not till like the next couple of months and then so anyway so went to that in-service right for the school district and um so they're showing us how to log into uh you know the, the system and whatever and the lady's explaining it she's like well before you start typing in your username and your password to log in you have to click the box next to you know the words that says i'm not a robot and then she like does it and then like she has to like and then you have to like answer like this question or whatever like like you know highlight the uh the pictures shown below that aren't you know like store signs or whatever and she's like kind of like jokingly says she's like i don't know why they make you do this it's so dumb does anyone know why they make you do this and i raise my hand and she's like why does it happen and i go to make sure you're not a robot and like <laughs> and uh, you know and everyone has a good laugh because you know the box says like you know click here right, if you're right. not a robot or whatever and um and so everyone has a good laugh, and then I was like, okay, yeah, funny, but seriously, it's like to make sure that you're not artificial intelligence, because that's an actual problem that we are potentially going to have. Yeah. No, you we're going to have just a matter of time of how and when. That's what it is. Because, well, cause, and the reason why, I mean, I, don't, I haven't done research on it, because it, it, it pretty much scares me, too, because I'm, you know, it's just, yeah. it just, it just a new thing that we're going to have to deal with when we get older. But I only bring it up because I, I know I've seen, I haven't listened to it yet, but Sam Harris ha has a podcast about AI. And like I said, I haven't gotten into it, but like you're, you're very much right. It's like because to make sure you're not a robot and, you know, like I said, everybody laughs, but like, no, like it's a very real thing. It's already, it's already developed. It's just not out in the public eye. It's not a mainstream thing yet because there's not enough development yet. No, I, I think it's super scary because I don't know if you guys ever heard about that. Uh, I forgot what the name was. It was like some AI bot that Microsoft put on Twitter. I think it was Microsoft to put on Twitter. And that the bot was learning from everybody and anybody that was like interacting with it on Twitter. So it would respond to you. Like if you sent in a question or something, right? And you tag that bot, um, 
it would reply to you and it was almost seamless like it, it could be any other person because it would use like you know our slang and and um it was it knew what was like trending and stuff like that so it it was like a person and the problem with that bot ended up being that it was starting to say some really messed up stuff like like racist things and and it was i honestly like i don't remember um the exact like tweet or tweets but it was to the point where i think to the severity that it said something like you need to go kill yourself type of deal so it's scary to think that like artificial intelligence is learning from us and and that's what it's getting out of it yeah and yeah and that was when i read that when i when i you know heard about it it was some to me it was it was literally like scary i was i was scared for it for what could happen so then they they disconnected the bot they put it offline or whatever but it was some crazy shit like well how do you think uh god potentially felt when adam and eve sinned or when lucifer was like nah man fuck you i'm gonna do my own thing (laughs) you know yeah 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 it's kind of like i guess some kind of parallel probably not the best analogy no but but it's there's parallels and that that's also another point that i have is like there's a lot of things that are similar it's just done a different way but it's the same thing it's the same thing yeah i think about that a lot like i know we i think we kind of brought that well you andy you brought it up kind of earlier when you said that there's like um always you know different perspectives different options and I kind of don't want to get into it, but I, I think about it every once in a while about like multiple like universes. Love that. Yeah, like I don't I don't like getting into it because I I don't like it's just too big for me to want to think about. I want to get into it. Oh man. <laughs> so I just we you mentioned that yesterday. So I yeah, mean, we I might. mentioned this last night at the bar. Oh, uh, well, because I, I think about it like every so often, but I stop myself because I just think like how like why like it's. It's too much for to want to comprehend right now. And, yeah, so I, I hardly ever dive too deep into it. Cause There's a video I posted to my Facebook that no one liked at all <laughs> that, expa- <laughs> that explains, um, you know, how we get from one dimension to the next. And uh, I, I can't remember if it's the 10th or the 11th dimension or which one we can only go up to, but we can only imagine so far a dimension and then after that it's like we don't know what comes after that I think that's what scares me more than than anything else um, just because it's like you know we only know so much like we only know that we can hop back and forth between other universes that's the biggest possibility what comes after that it we don't know <laughs> yeah it's scary to think about because what if there is I mean this is, you know it's possible that there isn't but what if there is there's more to that than we don't know mm-hmm. or can I even imagine. Well, and and at that point, does it affect us if we can't imagine it? If Maybe we not. Can't go. Well, it it comes okay. It comes back to the instant gratification. We want to know the why or the how. So like, let's say we can't find out, but because we can't find out, it bothers us psychologically. Because we would rather know. Because pretty much everything else we can Google and we can find them. I don't know, but if there's if there's other 
variations of me and my lifetime, I'm super curious. Right? Like you want to find out yes. about the part where you become a police officer? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's super. That, that's why I don't think about it because there's just so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. And just, it's kind of beyond what I could come up with, so. Man, there's an alternate timeline where I'm actually a successful musician. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there's another timeline where we're not millennials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine a timeline where the Roman Empire didn't fall? Wow. What would that be like? Or um, what's the other one? Genghis Khan? Or what's the one that um, that ruled even more? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's Genghis wrong. Khan, but probably could be. The one that they say is, like, responsible for populating, like, a third of the Earth or something like that. Some cool statistics. I think it is Genghis Khan. Yeah. All right, people, on the Internet, research it. Tag us. We'll check it, check it out. Man, but I, I like to think about the universe and how, like, all that works and, you know, it's, it's infinite and it blows my mind. And it just, like, it's a good, healthy reminder for me that you just got to go after whatever you want to do not waste time doing what you don't want to do you know like if you're not happy do something about it yeah because we're so insignificant we're only here for a little bit and then it's just nothing so might as well make the best of it man while being good to other people so are we i mean not us personally but like generally as a human race are we in the wrong for wanting to explore what's beyond our planet oh no i think it's necessary because if we're so insignificant why don't we just worry about our own planet i wish we did more than we do and maybe the fact that we've been like yeah that we've been like neglecting it is forcing us to look beyond that's the hippiest thing i think (laughs) i've ever said been a part of in a while what if? Because as probable as everything is, else is, this is just as probable that we're the only human race right now. Like, period. Oh, yeah, because... Uh, um, so I took astronomy in college, and you go over the, the Drake equation, or formula, I don't know what it is, but basically a formula that, that figures, you know, how many other civilizations or intelligent civilizations that are out there based on the stars and, and you know, and the, the solar systems and galaxies. But the one thing it doesn't account for is time. So what if there are other intelligent organ- of civilizations out there um, before us or after us? And right now, we're, like, we're the only one right now. Right. So I think when I, when I heard that, when, when my professor brought that up, I thought that was super interesting. It's like, you know, what if what we're looking for isn't there yet? Or what if we've already missed it? I thought, yeah. I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, the, the timing, you know? But that that's my only point is to that, is the fact that what if we're the only humans right now? I'm not arguing the past. I'm not arguing the future. I'm talking about right now, here, sitting down, doing this podcast, and then people are out, you know, whatever, doing partying tonight, Saturday night. You know, they're doing whatever they want to do. No judgment. No, that, that's what I'm saying, like, just here now. You know, that's my only statement. It's not an argument, it's a statement. Like, no, there's multiple people. Okay, okay, chill out, chill out. We're good. 
<clears throat> I love it when it uh, brings up the uh, the religion thing because it definitely uh, like it, I mean you, it, it kind of comes up hand in hand almost when you talk about that kind of thing right with the universe and yeah. ever expanding I love what my, my brother totally put me in place the other day because um I was like, I was kind of joking around, and I was just like, man, like with all this like stuff we know now, like, like, like how how can there be a god? And he's like, well, prove to me that there isn't one. And I was like, prove to me there is one. He's like, prove to me there isn't one. And I was like, we like we know and still don't know so much that you yeah. can't rule out that possibility. That's my only. St- I agree with your brother, because I've had that conversation too, and I'm like, fine. You're, you can't tell me that there's not one. Yeah. There's no proof either, either way. Well, we just went through three hours. We did. <laughs> Damn. And it wasn't that hard. It really wasn't. I, like, totally understand now how, like, yeah, like, how, like, guests on the Joe Rogan experience, like, like oh, no way. That was fast. Yeah. I get that. Well, I suppose <laughs> we'll sign off now. Millennials swinging with